Hello, this is Aaron Cooter, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Nice. I don't know, Daniel did a great job covering your ass last week. <laughs> I was tempted to bring him on full time. Yeah, he did. We do have a fourth seat, you know. We do, and he is an artist. People like him. He's a magnetic dude. He is. Call him up. Scratching my chin because maybe that'll work. <laughs> I don't tease. I don't tease. I'm not about the foreplay. I want to put it in. <laughs> <laughs> Much to my wife's chagrin. Love it. Definitely <laughs> the one that I'll, you know, bust it. Um, so. Nobody's gonna hear this anyway. Oh, nice. Okay. Pizza. I don't know. It's something about <laughs> Nice. So you're rested? You're all back? Oh, man, I am rested. Yeah. You know, it's. Vacations are so great, but then you come back home and it's like. Forget you're even on vacations. Day one is awesome, right? And day, day two, you've settled in. Everything's in the spot where you designed it to be so you're cool and you're chilling i think everything after day two is is just like trepidation because you're just like oh man we have three days left and then you get two days no no i i don't i don't ever feel that way because i think it's just the opposite like the first day i'm generally still tense trying to relax and then i get into the mode and we generally try and time our vacations so that we get back on saturday Mm -hmm. so that we have that transition day of sunday where it's you're, you're still off and then you can kind of mentally prepare for the fact that you gotta go to work see we didn't do that uh both of our chicago trips we came back well sunday i mean a con it's hard to do that right because yeah unless you're going to take a day off from work it's hard to pull that off right well you could take a whole week off don't matter right (laughs) well i just took a week off a week after the week you need a week to recoup for the week and then can it's too busy not can't market market's trading market trades no matter whether i'm sitting there or not that's what i'm saying so well, no, that's a problem. You can't work remotely. Well, I mean, not. It's much harder. It's nerve wracking. I could see you in a in a lounge chair, like Jordy, with the ten screens around you, just tapping in the air, making them big trades. Ooh, E Harmony, I want it. E Harmony. Hey, everybody! It's it's like <laughs> uh, Usenet. I heard that's going to pop. Yeah. There's a lot of things. AOL CD. <laughs> <laughs> There's a and lot of stuff going on, this, and I'm being interrupted all, all over, over the damn place. Talk about nope. yourself. Do you know what this is? It's 11 o'clock comics, Speak episode 433. Good lord! And I am Vince B. You as Vince B. And I am David A. Price. Yes, you are, and I am Chief Jim Hopper. <laughs> Look at you! I'm watching not, shit. You're not Chief Jim Hopper. You're. Jason Wood, but you are kind of strange. I'm a thing, in a good too. Way. I'm a thing. Yeah, in a good way. Man, what a good show that was. Oh, really? I hear it's good. Oh, you, you finally watched it. Finally watched it. You know, only you, only you, only you, <laughs> Malukes, would give me trouble because it took me two weeks to watch eight hours of TV. Oh, yeah? How fast did you watch Daredevil? Like in two days? No. Yeah, no. pretty much. You were on that like hairless. Two weeks. <laughs> this is about right. Strange. About two weeks for eight hours sounds about right. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, and you don't have to be strange to get your comic books at a very low rate. All you gotta do is go where? I want you guys to say it. Discount comic book service. And what's their URL? DCBService.com. You can get your books at significant discounts over the retail prices. Get this. They have a bundle now of the young animal books. You can get Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, number one. Shade the Changing Girl, number one. And Doom Patrol, number two. Not for the cover price of eleven ninety seven. No. You can bring these home for $5.97. Jason, do the math. What is that? Cheap. That's 50% off. My goodness. From Dark Horse. It's the Conan Omnibus, Volume 1, The Birth of a Legend. This is the Kurt Busick, Carrie Nord, and others. Uh, great covers by Joseph Michael Linzer. Uh, cover price on this. This is crazy because it's 472 pages. And the cover price is $24.99, which is respectable, right? That's I just got a Howard the Duck book from Marvel. Nowhere near 472 pages, and it was $35 cover price. Like, I'm sorry. I paid half that, but still, that's a really bad cover price. Uh, but this, Dark Horse Conan Omnibus, you can bring it home for $12.49. Crazy talk. And from Image, Papi Capullo is going over to Image with Mark Miller, and it's called Reborn. It's a new series. And you can get the first issue for 50% off, $1.99. Why would you go anywhere else for your comics? <laughs> no idea. Makes no sense. None whatsoever. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. And you know, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups, a lot yes, that you guys aren't in. And I'll tell you, it's in, with increasing frequency, I see, hey, where did you get that? And someone will say, the only, you know, the only place to go, discount comic book service, you can get it at, um, you know, 40, 50, 60% off. And then someone will say, man, comics are so expensive. And someone will chime in, not if you're DCBS customer. It's like crazy how many people are using this service now. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because today when I logged on to Facebook, I saw a sponsored ad from our lovely sponsor. No way on the Facebook? I know. Wow, how come I didn't see that? I don't know, but all I gotta say is, is I hope Cam and Christina aren't gonna bump us because they're getting the Facebooks oh, now. Yeah, that's true. They will never bump us because we got them to the Facebook. Wow, well, all right. I don't <laughs> about that's, that. uh, but, that's well, kind of bold, bro. We still love hey. them, and I, 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 I was you're good. Had a little moment of like, wow, they're big. Yeah, now. Uh-huh. Put up like Procter and Gamble up in there. We weren't solely responsible, but we did pitch in. We helped significantly. So I'm going to say, discount comic book service. We love them because they're the best. Absolutely. Yeah. What y'all drinking? Uh, I'm drinking uh, water. <sighs> I said to myself, my BFF's back this week. <laughs> I need to, to, to bring it with the libations. And I did. You did. And here you drink, you're drinking water. Yeah. I am drinking for the first time. From the Great Lakes Brewing Company, this is called Commodore Perry India Pale Ale. And it, what? <laughs> Why are you laughing that's at Commodore just, Perry? Yeah, that's, just, that's, that's pretty damn amusing by itself. That's fine. Is there a joke about Commodore no, Perry? I, don't... Just, I think there should be. <laughs> there should. I love him in Aerosmith. Right? Uh, 
But this is actually very tasty. Just like Aerosmith. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. Yes. Just like Aerosmith pre-permanent vacation. Yes. Uh, From permanent vacation up is shit. Not, not all, but yes. Yeah, it's 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 a different it's a different band. They're not all fucking gems, but a lot of what is on permanent vacation and pump. Not a lot, but some of those songs I do dig. Okay, I just. To, in my opinion, the worst pre-permanent vacation album, which I consider Lightning Strikes, is better than anything that came after. Okay. I don't know. I mean... No, it's... I, the, I like think I said, they're, they're different. Before Walk This Way, they were a completely different different band. They they were 70s rock, and, and after MTV and the videos, they were made for the radio, and you know, it's like when 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 your mom can sing along to you know Janie's got a gun or crying, then you know then then yeah, it's really not the same band you you knew no. years ago. No. Um, I am drinking some before I switch to water. This is what? yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not feeling all that hot. Uh, Place in the Sun, Cabernet Sauvignon. From South Africa. Wow. You're black. So yeah. Boy, boy, is its arms tired. Yeah. That's a long way. Is it good? It. Yeah, I'm pour a little bit more. Is, Why don't you just drink it out of the bottle? Pouring. Yeah, that's a nice pour right there. Right. Because I'm not ghetto, Vince. Um, it is. It 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 is good. I uh. And not ghetto. <laughs> Thanks for catching. The um, uh, it is pretty good. There were there were a couple of wines that uh, I tried for the first time this this past week. This is pretty good. It's um, there's a slight maybe kick, so some a little bit of heat at at the end of it. Oh, nice, is, yeah, which is nice. Cool. Who has a thank uh. you? I have a thank you. What do you have to thank? I have two thank yous. Who are you thanking for what? First of all, I have to thank our good friend, Felipe Garza, a.k.a. Flippa-Dippa. Flippa-Dippa went way far above and beyond. As he did. A word? As he did. And he sent me a gigantic box. Word? Man, you must be his favorite. No, no, no. He put something on the Facebook. He said, "Hey, I'm selling these, and anybody want them?" And I chimed in. I said, "Yeah, I'll buy them off you." He goes, "No, you're not going to buy them off me. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just." Oh damn! And I said, "No, come on, dude. No, I can't do that." And um, let's just put it this way: I'm about twelve issues away because of Mister Flippadippa from a complete Valiant run, Valiant Volume Two, the Dipster. Wait, the current Valiant? The current okay. Valiant. Yep, yep, diving, so socializing. That's right. And I also have to thank Mr. Drew Van Genderen. Oh, it's because, my boy. Yeah, he sent me a bunch of books. Uh, Lost Dogs by Jeff Lemire. Love it. Uh, Noah Van Skyver's Cheer Up. Right. He sent me Ghost Rider number three. Now, in case you're all thinking... Flame and Head Ghost Rider. Nope. This is the Western Ghost Rider. Oh, word of strength. It's got 12 cent cover price on it, my friend. Strength. 
And he also sent me Benjamin Mara's Blades and Lasers. Yeah, Have you seen this? Stuff right there. Oh, my God. I didn't get around to reading this yet, but I will do so for next week. Awesome. And Drew just sent them to me for my birthday. Love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I love you people. Thank you. It's all sweet. It's completely unnecessary, but God bless you. You don't turn 60 every year. I mean, that's true. Again. I don't turn 60 this year. Well, dick. We're counting backwards now. Uh, I have to thank (laughs) Drew for being kind enough to um, filling the void. That uh, that was left during a uh, a very heavy description last week between uh, Vince and our guest Daniel and Drew sent me the DC's Young Animal Ashcan. Nice, Jason. Did you grab one of them? No, man. So nice. Is it? Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. It's a piece of art. Oh. It is. It's a real oh. piece of art. I, I was going to grab David one this week at the shop, but guess what? He was all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a thank uh, you as well. Oh, nice. Okay. I want to thank my man Franklin and my lady Santa, who took care of us in the Dominican last week like bosses. <laughs> Shout out. for really listen to the show. Much love. Now. Much love. Any of Eiffel Towers. Franklin, the best, Franklin, our best butler ever. He was the man. <laughs> Set the bar. Come on. <laughs> Serious, dude. They're awesome. You got another one? Nah, but for reals though, if you if 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 folks looking for a vacation, I gotta say the Dominican Casa de Campo hooked it up. It was off the chain. Definitely one of the uh, highlight vacations of my life. Wow. So it was. Dope. You've been around the world. Yeah, I've been a few places. It was. It was legit. It was legit. Cool. Cool. The only weird thing, here's a weird thing for you. Um, I would say most of the people that we came across at the resort spoke English at least well enough such that it wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think that the role of a butler would be one of the more prestigious roles, right? Like, you kind of sure. go up to it. Like Alfred. And right. Well, of all the people that we dealt with for the week, Franklin and Santa spoke like nary a word of English. And I thought it was really strange because if like they were the people that were in the house all the time. And I thought to myself, like, how does one like you would think they would make like the, they, you think they would have like the butlers like speak English. Right. Because. Yeah. It wasn't like that. But luckily. Luckily, I speak a little of the Spanish. Did you have to do the Pictionary, like draw them pictures? Like, no, I, more, I, I spoke Spanish pillars. to them. But basically, though, the, the most hilarious part, Colin was cracking up all week. My stepmother, you know, my dad and my stepmother came with us. And uh, so when we needed something, I would usually say, say in Spanish to them. But my stepmother just insisted on basically telling them stuff in English. And they just <laughs> had a big smile on their face and nod at her, but like look at her like, I understand what you're uh, saying. And she would just get louder and louder. Louder, put, put an O on the end of it. Yeah, she just starts screaming, and 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 Colin would be like cracking up, be like grandma, like being loud doesn't doesn't solve the language barrier. It doesn't that's right. They do. Doesn't fix it. That's how they do? Yeah, that's how they do. That's, that's funny. Yeah, uh, David. Yes. Do you say Drew Van Genderen? That's how you pronounce it. It is Genderen. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's how I'm that's like gender neutral. Oh, 
I just want to make sure I get yes, it right. Cause this, right. it is gender. N. Gender N. So. Correct. So thank you. Alright. Oh my now. god, people. Enough with the goddamn cricket. What? Were they still talking about yes. the cricket? I love that stuff. When that had, like the thunder on this episode, I love the real world sounds. They belong in there. If I could take them out, I wouldn't. No. Mm. The only no, time you were ever, it's ever, I mean, you were cool with the old rocking chair, but the only time we couldn't use anything was when we interviewed Phil Hester. Yeah. And the ice yeah, that my drink kept clinking against the glass. Yeah, but that wasn't the only thing. That that recording for some reason was was severely messed up. It wasn't just the ice. I would have used it if it was just the ice. Fuck that. I mean, people can deal with it if they get their entertainment for nothing. But um no, it was I I forget what it was. I think it was a um either mine or your fan was worrying and and the it wasn't just the worrying. It was causing interference with the Oh, that's whack. Mm. Was no windshield. I don't know what it was, but we couldn't use it. It was a great interview with Phil Hester. Um, I still have it, but it's it's kind of unlistenable. You really can't hear what he says. Mm-hmm. That's, a good that's the whole point. But we did. We were able to talk to Tommy Lee Edwards and and yeah, publish yeah. that. So that was fun. We did. Um, I have to say, <laughs> which now reminds me that it is um, almost a week and. Rest in peace, bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Yeah, it's dead. <laughs> nice job, people. You did? Yep. Sorry, it, who would have done it? If only we had just created a Reddit, we wouldn't have had to have retired it. <laughs> but I want to put this, these two words in the show notes because we'll get some play on it. SEO? Even though both of you slackers haven't seen it yet, I just want to say I saw the Suicide Squad. And I think the people who... um wrote the bad reviews or out of their damn minds because it's not a bad I'm movie. I'm very curious to see it because it's interesting, right? I mean, the I'm definitely squarely in the most of the DC movies have been terrible. I am in yes. I am in that camp uh, despite and I'm and, so, well, there's and only been there's only been two. What? Oh no. Well, with the D, with this DCEU that started with Man of Steel. There's oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going then, far. But if you're, you're going, that, you're but... going back to like Christopher Reeve Superman. Nah, dog. But I'm talking about. I mean, the Green Lantern, Catwoman. Yeah, exactly. yes, yeah. No, yeah, I'm down it, with you with that. Yeah, it's nowhere near the level of the the two. And, and, and the Batman films. I mean, and the, and the, no, and the Superman films before Schneider <laughs> as well. Yeah, that third one sucks. I'm no, sorry. no, I'm talking about the um. Superman I can't even remember his name. The one. Brandon Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's the one where Kevin Spacey was a, was real estate mogul next to yeah. Donald Trump, Luthor. Yes. Um, as, as, you know, as people are so fond to do, uh, to compare Marvel and DC, it's not Civil War. No, it's it, not it, anywhere no, near. I was going to say, I mean, to. no, it's not Winter Did Soldier. You ever see it, Deadpool, Vince? No, okay. I know, I know, right? I, I'm but gonna. I'm God going forbid to. you take two weeks to watch Stranger Things, though. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you, you, oh my God! love, and it's hysterical. <laughs> you're, you're, dude. But I will say, and I told David this on the QT, it's better than any of the Iron Man films. Well, I was, I was part, of which I didn't like. So yeah, but again, it, it, that was on the Slack, so it was amongst the three of us, and and it was, um, like you said, that's based on your feelings of those three movies. 
it's yeah. it's well no i just don't think they're good movies the, which the, 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 the I, first I honestly one, believe you're out of your mind that if, if you even no, think, I think the first one is, <laughs> i th- i think the first 45 minutes of the first iron man movie are really good and then it just runs off the rails well before you so rudely interrupted me <laughs> i didn't know i'm gonna have your back and say i have not seen suicide squad yet and I've not been a fan of what's been going down with the ECU. I think the criticism is warranted. That said, right, based on the people who have seen Suicide Squad and enjoyed it, juxtaposed against the generally bad critical reviews, I'm right. inclined to think I'm going to like this one because this strikes me as one of those situations where mindless action film, lots of plot holes, but if you just accept it for what it is, which is action-packed fun, you'll enjoy it. And that's sure. what this strikes me as it's going to be. Now I'm hoping to see it this weekend, but we'll see if I, I, yeah. I have the, um, I use the, the, the work perks and, and I have, I have tickets for tomorrow night. So hopefully we'll be able to see it this, if we don't see it, they're good for any time. So if, if I'm the plan right now is to see it tomorrow night. If, if we don't, maybe we will see it over the weekend, but we're going to see it. She wants to see Harley. I want to see Floyd Lawton. I, I want to see Amanda Wall. There are reasons why I want to go see this. I'm looking forward to this more than I was looking forward to Dawn of Justice because mm-hmm. of what preceded Dawn of Justice. So um, I'm going in. The only thing I'm going in knowing is that this takes place in the same world as the two movies that Zack Snyder gave us. And, and that's good or bad. But that's I I, I don't. I know that these are not the characters I've seen on a Batman animated cartoon or on the Green Arrow TV show or on Arrow. I, I know that these are not those characters. So mm-hmm. just knowing that and and judging it based on what's on the screen by the time it's over, that's what my review will be about. Oh, okay. If it's any consolation, the good things from the Zack Snyder films appear, not the bad the good things are the Zack Snyder films were the credits. Oh, snap. No. I, I disagree with that. Wow. That point yeah. in art. Ham. Um, <laughs> there is a weak link, and it's that Frida Kahlo. Oh, she, she, the, with she, the fucking she, eyebrow. She is terrible. terrible. She's, she's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh, it? no, see, Jason hasn't done... Um, He's not current on on House what? of Cards, but I recognize. Oh, dude, that's t- I'm two seasons behind. I know, that. I know. And the last season wasn't all that hot. This season was good. So you, what? Uh, You're not caught up on House of oh, Cards? Oh, what? The, what's up with that? What? So well, I haven't seen. That. I know. I, I'm I'm generally not a fan of things where it was supposed to be X length and then it's popular enough that they decide to add on more. Because I feel like the add on generally sucks, and I think House of Cards season three backed that up. But. Mm. uh yeah, as Dap, as Dap alluded, I, I heard they got their heads out of their asses and rebounded in season four. But um, uh, I'm feeling that way about Mr. Robot right now. I I feel like yeah, no, they're not. It, it's this season is uh, it's like so far immeasurably more like I'm, I'm almost. It's been a chore to watch, frankly. Every episode so far uh-huh. could have been told off camera without us actually having to see it or sit through an hour and a half episode. They could have just said, oh, yeah, and then, you know, Darlene did this and and she did that. And, and, and I didn't need to see it because it's just dragging. Nothing's mm-hmm. happening. And it's, you know, it's. I feel bad for, for Greg Robinson. I'm like, dude, I, I want you to do something. And you're just like, 
It's yeah, no, Mr. Robot is not. I'm I'm not feeling Mr. Nobot. Word. Cool. So there you go. I'm interested to see what you guys are going to say after you've seen it. And I I already made my predictions. Yes, you you did. did. You did. And it's you know, but like I said, I'm because you're tougher than he is. You are. I am. You are. You are much more difficult to please than Jason. When. When David, David likes Paul Blart, mall cop, can he? I mean, no, okay, let me clarify. It's the DC universe. Yeah. Oh, you, for Jason sure. yeah, yeah. is much more willing to just let it go where David has a familiar, familiarly yes. with these characters and he's going to be like, no, no, that's not how it goes. No, that's true. That's true. Just get, you know, as, but whatever, whatever rules exist in this universe at the beginning, then just fucking be consistent. Don't mm-hmm. don't pull out a fucking well, X twenty three or a Dak and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'll be with my bone sticking to my foot. It's like just mm-hmm. just keep it. Let's 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 just right. stay level. There is that. Okay. By the way, Comments. one other shout out before we get. Into Ooh, nice. Huge congrats to our homie, Mr. Declan Shalvey, yes. on making Miss Jordy colorist extraordinaire Bel Air and an uh, an honest woman. That's great. They are engaged. Yes. Soon to be, uh, soon to be wed. Pretty awesome. For those that don't know, they have been a couple for a long time, and uh, they are getting, uh, yeah, they're getting hitched. The heart sings, doesn't it? Oh my God! Let's did you see, see that MacGyver's coming back? Yeah. Oh boy! Are you are you not you're not on the internet while you're recording oh, this? The TV's on on mute. Oh, that's the limpets on. Let's the limpets. Let's <laughs> use that uh, wonderful announcement as a segue. Okay. Because we have all read something this in which contributed well, to. Yes, Declan and his uh, partner to be Jordy Belair have uh, contributed, and I'm talking about All Star Batman number one. Yes, sir. Piloted by Scott Snyder with uh, lead story pencils by Johnny Romita Jr. and inks by the great Danny Mickey. Yes, indeed. Dean White did a fabulous job on the color art, and the backup was illustrated by our man Declan Shalvey and. Infused with gorgeous color by Jordi Belair. That's true. Colors, dude. The colors, man. They are not to jump around too much, but you know, super, super. I, 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 no, they're they're really. It's hard for me to just kind of explain what I'm seeing, but the fact that Snyder wrote a a story for Declan to illustrate. That takes place primarily in, in a, uh, textile shop where there's nothing but like spools of, of fabric and, and, and mm-hmm. yarn and, and there's that whole, um, there's Bruce's, uh, you know, cursed wheel, which has some colors and, and then the fact that, you know, Bruce explains how colors play into his, uh, his sidekicks, if you want to call him that, his partners. Uh, so the fact that Snyder writes a story that Declan can draw, that not only Declan illustrates wonderfully, but that his fiance, that, that Jordy can just go to town on with the colors. And that's this, to me, the backup was uh, maybe better than the main story. Whoa, wow. Shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 
I think you just went in a little trip to crazy land. Uh, I don't know. I don't, there were some things about the main story I wasn't feeling, but I looked. Oh, here we go. Here we go. No, see? I knew it was, it was I a knew, movie, but no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I knew yeah, it was coming up, because set up, set up the no, when I said, "Hey, did you read it?" He's like, "Yeah, I read it." Well, that was <laughs> that's deliberate it. because like, that's how you did. Say, don't blow your you did the same thing with Black Hammer. Yeah, it's true. Oh, dude. Probably for the same reason. Oh, my God, dude. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to handle Oh, the final I'm episode no. of 11 o'clock. I know. I no, I'm just saying. That. All right, this setup. It's pretty simple. Uh, the reign of the Joker's over, and Two-Face is starting to get massive traction in Gotham. And uh, Harvey notices it, and he's like, he, he gives Batman the option. He's like, I'm telling you. Nasty, nasty things are going to happen. I can feel it. He's coming to the forefront. You have to do something now or it's going to be too late. Um, so Batman takes it upon himself to bring Harvey to a secure location called the house. I don't know what this house is, where it is, what the significance is, but they just call it the house. And it's on the other side of the state. So... um Batman gets to uh, at this point it's 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 two phase in the 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 old bat plane and nasty nasty things happen because two phase basically offers up a reward if if you stop Batman I will bestow upon you the spoils of of a bunch of crime families you'll be rich beyond measure if you stop Batman if I don't get where I'm supposed to go I will reward you so everybody and their brother is coming out of the woodwork super powered Regular humans, they're all trying to stop Batman from getting Two-Face to the destination to, quote, burn the demon out. I don't know what that means. I don't, we, there wasn't enough clues to, to guess what, um, Skype is telling me I've got a lot of background noise, but they told me that last time and there wasn't any noise in it. So I'm going to dis- I'm just going to ignore it. Um, so we have Firefly and Killer Moth initially yeah. trying to take take Batman down and this is the Ramita Jr. I've missed since he went to DC I didn't yes. see this kind of, I did not see this kind of energy in the Superman stuff no definitely not and see and, and, and you can't it's it's not like oh well here's here's Miki you know and so so he's breathing new life into him because we, we talked about the the last crusade Dark Knight spinoff a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. um, and that was different than what Ramita was doing under, um, on Superman. But you still can't say, oh, well, then it must have been Klaus who, who inked him on Superman because Klaus has been inking him for years and World War Hulk looked amazing. So, I think Klaus was inking Ramita Jr. right out of the womb. Well, like no, when he you had some Alwaites and you had some, you know, you had some Dan Green and so, but, yeah. you know, so you can't, I, I, I honestly, it's, you know, it, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not gonna push my feelings on it, but maybe it was just that. You know, listen. Okay, so if you want to hear it, it's like, hey, Jeremy Jr. is coming to DC. We're gonna give him Superman, but not the Superman anybody really likes. It's gonna be this guy, and 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 then all of a sudden, like you know, six months later, we're gonna out him, and and everything that you may have been enjoying about Superman is getting tossed out the window. It just so there were probably from. My perspective, there were a few reasons why uh, that wasn't Claire, firing on all cylinders. I don't get it. Nobody was drawing the Superman we wanted to see. You know what I mean? Like not even Aaron Aaron Cooter. I know, but that but right, but that was because he was outed at that point, and and the whole um, 
you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even the Superman that New 52 started with. Uh, right. so it was all, it was all new and junk. But anyway, so, so yes, yeah, so, so this is, this is the General Reader Jr. you were hoping to see once you sure. found out that DC got him. Yeah, inspired stuff. Yes, yes. The, JRJR. the Batman through the, the, the glass, the, with the shards flying all around and double plates, but that's just, that reminds me of his Thor work for some reason. With those massive spreads that you would see all the time when he was on Thor. And, uh, I, I don't know, I think Dean White compliments Romita Jr. very well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the colors are, are not flat by any means. There's, there's, I don't even think I can find a section of just pure flat color in this thing. Everything is, is painterly. Texture, yeah. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. I really like but the way that JRGR JR drew, uh, drew Harvey as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's neat the way they did it in, in the back of Bruce's cape. Like he just kind of emerged mm-hmm. from the like no setup, no reason. I'm just going to use Batman as a framing device for Harvey's monologue. Okay, it works. Yeah, it really, yeah. it really does. And and I like the way Batman fades out in the in the memory section where it says two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and 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 you see him next to the bat plane, and you got the cowl that's yeah. obviously black, and then it just fades yeah, into nothing. That's that's beautiful, man. So what do you think's going on with Alfred? Uh, do you, spoilers, everybody. Um, when, uh, it's said that Harvey offered everyone a reward, that's pretty literal because the reason why the bat plane crashes is because Alfred shot it out of the sky and he's crying. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. What, why do you I, think I, Alfred? Yeah, do I don't, that? I don't, under, I don't know. Either because Harvey has something that Alfred doesn't want Bruce to know. Right. Uh, so he'd rather kill Bruce? I don't think he'd... Not so much kill Bruce, but just let yeah. just let Harvey free. Oh, okay. Yeah. Make sure he doesn't get to the house. Or there's something in the house that will not be good for people involved. And um, Remember, Alfred's a veteran. So he has kind Alfred of also has family, so he could be protecting. And I didn't, you know, after when the whole, um, when the Joker virus storyline or, or the, the story that where it was Bruce versus the Joker, Batman versus Joker, and that, that led the way for, um, Donnie Darko Batman to show up. I don't know if, I don't know what happened to, uh, to young Miss Pennyworth. After that storyline. So I don't know if she still exists. I don't know if, if she may have, uh, if she's mm-hmm. turning tricks or if she just, you know, pulled Karen Page and died. I don't know. So we'll, we'll, um, but yeah. And that last panel though, with, with the, uh, with the gentleman <laughs> latching onto the, um, onto the rig to hitch a ride. But see, I don't know if, um, I think his hat would blow off. I don't know, man. <laughs> of all the things that's going on with that, I don't know if, if, if the hat staying on is, the uh it's it's that smear gum. It's the same thing that, that Robin uses for the mask. because um, he's bald under there, so it is not gonna stick to his hair. But I love the whole, you know, so so far they've this whole issue, this whole story right here, in the present day, not counting the flashbacks, they've traveled one mile and there's still almost five hundred to go, so it's gonna be a yeah. long fucking trip. <laughs> yeah. Well they traveled like one mile. Chicago. 
from the point of the crash. Yes. Yeah. yeah but they, they still have 497 miles. Right. Out, so right. I think the one part I had, I had to laugh when, um, Firefly and, and Killer Moth are going after Batman in the, in the, the field mm-hmm. and Bruce just uses a damn hay bale. <laughs> Oh no no no! Oh. It wasn't a hay bale. It was wood. Yeah. He had he had time. No. He had time to what? It looks like he just kind of like carved a little. Oh, the nope. batarangs! No, batarangs into the guy's head. Duh. Okay. Duh. I didn't notice that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it would have been. He yeah, had the chainsaw, so he could do. Because if he if, if if he had used the chainsaw to sculpt the bat head, then uh, Black Spider would have hurt it. Yeah. So that's because I'm like, wait, what if, if he just hears the chainsaw now, why didn't he hear it when the sculptor was being made? But yeah. then I realized, but then when you look at the panel, you, you see the batarang sticking into yeah. it. So. You, now I see them. I didn't notice them initially. Because we weren't reading it together. <laughs> no, I, the, the lead story is fantastic. What was cool I, is uh, when we first see Batman, when he shows up at the diner. Uh-huh. And I thought this was probably this this part before I got to the batarangs and the head and the, and the woodhead. This this made me smile. Is that Batman is talking to the patrons of the diner, and because he's got a million fucking tricks, he's got a goddamn batarang taped to his back, so oh, you yeah. wouldn't see it under his cape. So this way you're like, where the fuck you get all these shits from? So he's got him taped all, and there's one right there on his back. I I thought that was really neat. I don't know if that's just Junior going, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna have fun with Batman. Or if Snyder's like, listen, you know, Batman's got some tricks, and maybe he's got a little manual, and he's like, you know, whenever he tells an artist this is what I want to see in my books, then you know maybe that's in there. But I just thought that that was really really cool. Agree. I also like that he stabbed uh, Homeboy. That. Is where um, when I saw that I got to that panel, and at that point I think because we've heard other people say this in the past about other characters, but I think I I'm not done with Batman, but I think I'm at the point where I'm not all in. Like there are obviously some things going on with this with this version of this character that I'm like, okay, so that happened, but it's not. And yes, it's neat. It's like fuck it. I need to. You're gonna hurt these people. You're gonna make sure Two Face goes free, and Lord knows what'll happen after that. So yeah, Batman's going to stop you any means necessary. But the fact that he's almost gleeful about putting a knife through some dude's forearm, stopping him. Um, that was, that, that was the part where I was just like, I, I'm, I think I'm all Batmaned out right now. Wow. Well, let's unpack that for a second. Cause I, first of all, I'm going to come at this from two angles. One, I, like, I can't buy into the idea of like, that's not how Batman should be because Scott Snyder's pretty much put the definitive stamp on Batman for the last five years. So this is Batman. He's he's been the helmer of Batman for yes for most of the time we've done the show. So 
this may not be the perfect version of the Batman that makes you comfortable, but it's certainly as legitimate a version of Batman as, as, as any other. But on this one, I don't, like, I mean, we all have our peccadillos, but I thought it was cool because I think it's it's totally within the parameters of how Batman would be. I mean, if we're going to really play this out and, and use the real world or laws of physics, Batman doesn't kill, and I'm 100% with that. But he beats people to a pulp. He throws them to, through windows. He knocks them out. So he's giving them concussions. He's breaking bones. So I don't see how stabbing a dude in the arm is any different than breaking a dude's arm or giving him a concussion. It's all major trauma. It's all significant pain. Um, but none of it kills. So it's not like he stabbed him in the neck. It's not like he, you're right. You know, no, put that, one in his yeah, wrist. There are he, levels though. I mean, yeah, he could, he could break somebody's arm. He could, he could pop a shoulder out of its socket and, and, and make sure that the dude's not going to hit his son anymore. But here he's, he is just the, it's not like, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't think to himself, okay, I have to do this or this, this or this is going to happen. And this is my only weapon. This is all I have available at at my disposal right now. I'm going to use this. He didn't he didn't try to um sever the lines to 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 the mask to or 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 fuck with homeboys. And he did he he did mess with his equipment because obviously on his arm, on his forearm is is some of the controls for uh for Killer Moth's suit, but um it's it was it was still for me with, and yes, this is Scott Snyder's Batman. This is new 52 Batman. This is who you've had for the past five years. And this is who's in the DC movies. Uh, but it's still jarring for me to see Batman react this way. But uh, Okay. I don't see, this is opinion, right? I don't yeah. see too much difference between a knife in the forearm or a battering in the hand. <laughs> like how many how many guys has he disarmed going back decades with a uh, a sharp battering to the hand? The you know it's got to cut. Yes, it does. And it, it it disarms the person and yes, I'm sure there are drawings out there where homeboy's got a battering sticking out of the back of his hand. Right. But that's that's his battering, that's his that, that's his the offensive or his defensive weapon. He's using it from a distance. To take you out. Here, he forcefully shoves a large knife through a dude's forearm. That, it, it's just, it's, it's the visual of it and it's, it's the way that it's, it's, right. there's no, there's no two way. It's not like he, he judged it and he wanted to bounce it off the skylight and then off that dude's chair and then it goes into Killer Moth's arm. He was like, I need to put you down and with, Force. That's how I'm going to do it. So now, now you're stuck to the ground, and which again, you know, so so that's that was his strategy. Um, stabbing you through the arm, you're now stuck to the floor. I need to get the fuck out of here, and and hopefully you won't hurt these other people in this diner. And and then you know he can, but it was it was just one of those things where I'm like I'm I'm enjoying this, and all of a sudden I see Batman just just not. Because this isn't this isn't the Frank Miller Batman. This isn't the Dark Knight Return. This is this is All Star Batman. This is the current Scott Snyder written Batman, and and it's just it it was a extreme or jar, whatever script you want to use. But for me to see that, that was like that's 
I'm not saying it was a line that was crossed, but it was definitely one of those things where I'm looking at this and I'm like that. I have, I don't know too many other heroes would think about doing that that way. Matt Murdock would. Yeah, and then he'd go and fucking confess his sins. Well, <laughs> bless me, Father. I, I just stabbed you in the forum. Uh, no, and the one thing that that I uh, I almost said it at the same time as the character w- uh, when I was reading it was when the the waitress comes up to thank Batman, and I said I would say to her, sweetheart, you you got it. You shouldn't be here, and that's the next thing out of Batman's mouth yeah, when you when you turn the page. I'm like, it just rings true. Yeah, yeah. Um. The backup story. I like the juxtaposition in the quality, not quality, in the approach to the color art. Where you had Dean White, his very painterly, mm-hmm. uh, textured, layered, modeled approach to color. Jordy's is, there's a lot of flat color on this. A lot of flat color, I agree. Yeah, and it works really well though. Like not, it's not exclusively flat. If you look on page, on the second page, mm-hmm. you get some nice variation in the background there. Um, some of the things within Batman's cape, there's a nice variations going on there. But for the most part, it's, it's, it's flat. Mm-hmm. And I think it works really great. Mm-hmm. I, I would say though that, uh, I love the art, obviously huge fan of Declan. Love the art. Yeah. But, uh, story-wise, I was like completely on the other side of this than that. But I, I completely could have left that story alone. I, I, I didn't need that story. Well, they don't have a lot of the canvas is not as big as as what right, the right, the lead. So story. so you know you just had a teaser, but I thought the uh, the the um, violence that was perpetrated was kind of cool in the you know the manner by which they did it with the very. Oh, thin cuts, cuts yeah. next to each other and you open one and you move your, and they all open. That's pretty cool. The, but it's the, I, I didn't know anything about the cursed wheel. No. Has that, has that been a thing or is this so. is new? See, and that's, and that's what, that's what has me psyched about this story is that, um, I'm loving the, while Tom King's Batman is, is focusing on Batman and dealing with Gotham and Gotham Gal. We don't have a lot of Duke to deal with. We saw a lot of him in the Rebirth issue, and we know he's there, but he hasn't really. You know, he's 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 talking to Bruce in the headset, but he's not front and center yet in that book. Here, it looks like Bruce is telling him, "This is what you need to know. This this is the for the next year." You are all about this because you're going to learn from other people's experiences. And that I can care less about Zaz. I don't care that, uh, who, who they're taking on for this backup story. It, it could, and Zaz could just be the first and it spirals into some other villains and rogues that, that are going to tie into whatever Duke is learning on the wheel at that time. But the fact that we're getting some insight because Alfred created this thing for as a teaching mechanism for 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 Batman to pass on to to his partners that has me more interested than almost anything else in this in this issue and it was um just to get that that that's right up to that that 
that's a who's who. That's that's just listen. This is here's an encyclopedia. This is, and I hope, I hope it's not just you know, we get to see it from like we're only looking at Duke's reaction as he's reading things, and we never know what he's actually looking into. I hope we kind of dig into what what makes these these characters tick and 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 what they've learned over the years. The uh, I didn't pick up on it so much in the first story because he didn't. He didn't always have the cape on him, but I love the throwback to um, inside Batman's cape with the purple. Yeah, and and the the last two pages I really like how the cursed wheel, the colors in the cursed wheel are played against the colors of the fabrics. Yes, that's very cool. Which is why you know he's like he's like listen, Dick loves the blue, and Damien's all about the green. Barbara's purple, and you know, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, Helena could be purple too, right? Yes, um, yeah. But I don't think in this universe she, she was a sidekick or or as uh, closely associated to him as as. Uh, so Batman Huntress never happened, right? <laughs> um, you, uh, I'm, I'm guessing uh, Jason might be into the red, and. Uh, um, and Tim, I don't want to, I was thinking Tim may be yellow, but it, that, that's primarily Deuce color. So I don't know, but that could just be to offset the, the inverse of, of Batman's black and, and yellow. So I think Tim would be blue too. Do you really? He yeah. Like no blue on his outfit. No. I mean, if he puts Dick in the blue. Because of night. Then uh, I don't think it. See, I don't think it has to do primarily with costume color. I agree. Isn't I think it more it's, like I think oh, it's yeah, color like with, yeah. with their with their moods and, and yeah, I think it's or, color psychology. Yeah, and I, yeah. I would definitely put Tim in with the blue. But what did he mean about um? It, it this is this is yeah. When he said you know you could either you can become the hero or yep. or the villain, and and Duke says villain. What are you talking about, Jason? And Batman says no, nothing. Someone else like. What does he know? But, and it's someone What's going on here? Ellipses and then else. And I don't know if he, right. I don't know if he was looking, I don't know if he turned away when he was saying someone or if, if he had turned away before that, but I, I'm, I, I'm not going to guess that he, he's looking at Alfred, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's gotta be, which again might be something that will play out in the story as, as Duke goes through the, um, well, how could he know that Duke's going to turn? You cannot. But he doesn't. But no, he's not. He's saying you could be the hero or the villain. Right. Right. And he says, Jason, no, somebody else. You can be. I that 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 discussion right there is very vague. It, 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 so. Right. Yeah. So he because because Duke is like, listen, we know we know Jason's a piece <laughs> of shit. We know Jason's an outlaw. But he's not really a piece well, of no, shit. That's 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 me. That's, okay. that's Man, me putting some stank on it. So we know we know Jason <laughs> isn't on the side of angels all the time. Is that better? So you have. I want to order a Jason with some stank on the side. <laughs> so, so you have. So that's that's the only one that Duke is aware of, as far as up, Duke in, in in Batman's past. I like Duke a lot. I do too. And he seems to have. Not a huge fan of the costume, up. but. 
I, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're both crazy. Well, yeah, but it's it's uh, no. I um explains obviously. It. <laughs> obviously, we don't know. Duke is only aware of one person who kind of turned on Batman, but uh, right. Batman obviously knows others who have turned on him. So, I'm um, I'm hoping that we will find out when when Duke finds out. I, I it, or it could just be somebody that we're completely overlooking it it you know it it, it, yeah. it has has stephanie showed up in the in the new 52 yes dude you're not mm-hmm. reading detective yeah, i'm i haven't spoiler read. is in detective okay I'll so read is uh so is cassie whatever the hell the mute's name is the 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 old batgirl cassandra kane oh okay who was who was a clue master's daughter who yeah father? i like her i like her too yeah she's she's she and i was by orphan yeah. Orphan. 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 Alright, so, um. So yeah, I'll start Batman, big thumbs up. We all like it. Read it. With, with yes. varying degrees. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Can I talk about the so, surprise? Surprise? It was a surprise yeah. to you, right? It was a surprise to me that this book. And I asked, I asked last week, because we talked about how Batman's gonna have a crossover. Fucking like two and a half months into the new run. And then we mentioned Superman books. And you said, these are the books that you're reading. I'm getting them all. And I, for- right. And so I'm like, well, what if they do a crossover? Well, then I'll probably read it depending on how long the crossover is. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, first issue comes out. And I bought it. And bam. Because <laughs> I picked it up. I saw the, the Jimenez cover. Then I saw the Dodson cover and I was like, what? I looked through it. It's loaded with panels and it's loaded with, with exposition. So I said, I gotta have this because if there's one thing that hooks me in, it's a lot of panels and a lot of talking. Yeah. You're I love it. No. So I bought Superwoman number one, which was written and drawn by Phil Jimenez, inks by Matt Santorelli, and the color art is by Jeremy Cox. And like I said, I did not expect to buy this. But after I read it, I was like, I think this may be the best single issue bearing an S, the shield, to date out of the, out of the rebirth. I think this, this one issue bested a lot of the, the single issues I've read of Superman and action so far. I, hmm, low bar, but it's, oh! Ah! Uh, who are you? Right. He goes away and he just like completely loses his fucking mind. He gets balls and comes back. He's all blustered. Nah, nah, I, Spanish I, people, listen, guys. I mean, we've been friends a long time now. I don't like <laughs> Superman. Is just so boring a character to me. I just don't. Justify it's so it. hard for me to like. I just. It's so hard for Superman to hold my interest. It's just, I, I I think it's safe to say for David and I that there's two big companies. Our love of Spider-Man at Marvel is mirrored in Superman for DC. Is that safe to say, Dap? Okay. So for how much we love Spider-Man, that's how we feel about Big Blue. And it's... As I'm reading this issue, as I was reading this issue, I'm thinking... Right now, I wish that I could freeze time right now. Because... It's been a really, really long time since I've enjoyed DC. And it's been probably even longer since I've bought 
single issues of the super books, all of them. And it just feels good. It feels like somebody pinched me because I really don't believe that this is happening. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, it's, I mean, to lead with doomsday, that says, okay, Vince, you can come back now and start reading. But that's, that's only my superficiality. I mean, you know, whatever. I love doomsday. Yeah. We, we've said that. A million, I've said it a million times, but the quality of the books are really good. And this is just this book, this superwoman was so surprising in that like so there's not a huge chance of failure i mean if they could nail it with superwoman who i really didn't i don't even know new 52 lois lane don't you know whatever it's just the book was so well paced and exciting and it seemed like to me that it was a late 80s early 90s issue of superman where so many things went on in the issue like really i mean if you look at everything that happens in this issue they easily could have stretched this out to three issues don't you think they they could have held the the whole lana lang as superwoman red in the back pocket until yeah, at least or, yeah yeah but but no first issue boom superwoman blue superwoman red but and, not in the, not in the traditional blue and red sense, because she's, Lana is Superwoman Red, whereas Lois is more like a standard Superman, Superwoman. Right, right. She, Lana has the electrical. Now, can you guys walk me through when this all happened, who they are? Yes, Cause okay. I, don't, I, I mean, I don't, I, I have no well, idea. This, like, from another one of the universes. No, they they, they um. Th- this was the Lois Lane who outed Clark Kent as, as right. Superman. So this is the Lois Lane from New Fifty Two, not the one that's that that's that's banging Clark in in Action Comics or or Lois and Clark. That's okay. that's what they'll be crazy. But so how they how they get their powers? Because they were next to New Fifty Two Superman yep. when he blowed up <laughs> at the. Uh, <laughs> When he died. Superman blowed up. Blowed up real good. Got powers? Yes. Yes. When do we find that out? In the rebirth issue? It is. No, no, in this this issue. In this issue of Superwoman. They, they, they told you. They did? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shows you how much exposition there was. I was like skipping panels. They, um, it was, it was, uh, it is about page, um, 10 or so. It's Lois is, uh, Lois is flying. Lana is, is basically letting her know, listen, keep your head straight. And, and, uh, don't, cause, cause Clark was getting headaches and you're getting these nosebleeds. And so just this, I'm, I'm going to tell you how you should fly through the air. So when she lands, they're having a conversation and, um, and, and, uh, Lana and, and Lois aren't, they're not really seeing, I, I want to still, Lois is a connection to Clark that Lana, needs since her Clark isn't around anymore, but Lana still may not trust Lois completely since Lois is the one who basically told everybody who Superman is. So um, when Superman went Nova in the final days of Superman, that storyline when he died, they were next to him and that affected them enough where they got pieces 
of, of they, they leached off that energy. Lois, I think more so because she's got the strength and, and the speed. Um, whereas Lana deals with the, with the electricity aspects of, of the electric Superman era, but, uh, which I don't think which ever is a nice, happened. Nice throwback. And, yes, yes. And if you're going to let someone like Phil Jimenez do that, then, then by all means, but the, uh, I don't think that version of Superman ever appeared in new 52. So I'm not sure, no. uh, what happened here. So yeah, so that's, that's how these two women got the powers of, of Superman. Yeah. Thank you. Look, it's just weird though. It's, uh, yeah, okay. And I gotta say, the Gestalt, I was, there was two things going through my mind. One, please don't let this thing take off out of the water like a helicarrier because the similarity would have been. Yes, yes, it is rich. And I said, two, Gestalt, wouldn't it be, I mean, this is Lex Luthor. If this thing transforms into a giant robot, you would have heard me. In, in, in New York, in New Jersey, honestly. But, I mean, there's still time for that. I mean, he did call it a gestalt, which means that it's True. a, it's, it's a sum of the parts. So it, it could split apart and, and, you know, make some kind of robots, which would be really cool. But I'm, I'm not hoping. Um, I, dig, I, I, I did dig the, uh, when they're, when they're trying to get a clear shot of Superwoman. And it's like, don't we have anything where her head, where her face isn't blurry? And I'm like, that, is fucking per- that is what th- that those little things because yes you can read about it you can read you know Jay Garrick vibrates his face fast enough so that you know you don't recognize him when he's flat you know you can read about that and who's who but the fact that that Jimenez drew that on the page for for the increment of colors to manipulate and and you know because you're like it's just it is one of those things where yes she doesn't. She's not wearing glasses. We've known Lois Lane a lot in this universe. They, they've known Lois Lane a lot longer than they knew Clark Kent. So this is a very famous woman. If she's not going to wear a mask or hide her face in any way, then she has to do something to, um, ironic to, to, to keep her identity a secret. So, so she's doing that all the time. Like she's in proximity to Lex. Wouldn't he know who she is? Not if she vibrated in the face. Oh, that's gotta be Actually, exhausting. wait, no, but she's not. No, she's about 15, 20 feet in the air on the ship when, when she, she drops down to talk to, to Lana and Lex. That's, that's enough. That's well within the distance somebody could, could get a beat on the face. I don't know if this Lex was banging this Lois though, so he may not know her that well. Uh-huh. Okay. I, the, um, the, the art's gorgeous in this book. Yeah, it's really it nice. It really is. Um, crisp and clean and so detailed um nothing but love for it but but i do unlike you vince i i think the the 80s-ness of this comic was a detraction for me not a not a plus mm. i want my okay. 80s comics to be from the 80s not not 2016 no i like a lot of words man way too many words way too many panels uh just felt this very, was almost- very very retro yeah, it was almost Marv Wolfman Teen Titans work. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love. Cool. Yeah. But also to be fair, as I said, I just I just don't just don't really care about the soups characters that much, so it's just it's hard to That's that's cool. You gave it a shot, yeah. right? At least you read it. Well, I would keep I, I mean the art was beautiful, so I, I I didn't I didn't dislike it. You you're right though that it's not as though the words were just there for the sake of it. A lot happens in this issue. Yeah. I mean it could have easily been three, four issues, of, and this could have been dragged out. I respect that. 
you're, you're giving me value for my dollar. You're not, I'm not a chump. You're not stringing me along for three, four issues when you could do it in one. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you for that. No doubt. No doubt. I want to know who this woman is at the end. She's got a little bit of bizarro going on. That's basically, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's what I'm seeing more than anything else. Yeah. So, um, I'm hooked. So I'm now getting all the super titles. And Christina, if you're listening, how about a Superman bundle every month? DCBService.com. How about a nice one click? Get them all. That'd be great. Make that happen. <laughs> By the way, congrats to Michael Phelps. 22 gold medals. It's ridiculous. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, 22. Right. How many more competitions is he in this week? Well, did, I, no, that's 22 that's gold medals just, is absolutely It's amazing. It is. Not like I can't even What do you Proof positive that the weed does not disrupt your performance. That's right. This this guy was 2 years ago this guy was retired, 40 pounds overweight, had just gotten busted for his second DUI, was in a rehab. Started swimming in the re in the pool at the rehab facility because he was bored and decided I think I can make a comeback. And now yep. he's done. now he's crushing everybody on earth again. It's ridiculous. The guy is it's amazing. I just I, I said on Twitter the guy's he's a mutant. He's gonna join. He's gonna be in the next X Men film. It's ridiculous. That'd be cool. It's, un, it's unheard of. So Jason, what are some of the things you read on vacation? Oh man, I read all of the comics. All of them, really? Yep, yep. all every, do, every single one of them. Do tell, do tell. All right, let me see here. I'm bust this out. Let's check this out right here. Um, all right, well, let me let me touch quickly on two that I know that Dap wasn't feeling all that much, but uh-huh. I just, so I just want to touch on them quickly. Batgirl and Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth number one. Wait, wait, what? I don't I don't remember saying anything. Negative about Batgirl, you, I believe you said that you think Vince wouldn't feel it. Okay. Well, did you not like Bat, Batgirl and Birds of Prey? That was the one that I thought, that was, I, no, I, 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 I like the other. Yeah, no, I, I think, I, I don't think you were here for Batgirl, but yes, the, um, the Birds of Prey, I enjoyed. There were just some parts of it where, um, towards the end with, uh, there, I, I I appreciated the hook, but I don't know if there was enough there for me that I'm like, okay, well, I need to figure out. I, I like the whole Oracle aspect. Someone someone spoofing Oracle. We need to figure out right. who. And then here comes Huntress, big dick swinging, because she's like, you know, well, you got like thirty minutes to get your shit straight, and then I'm killing this dude. And it's it's yeah, yeah. But yeah. I remember there's some things where I'm like, you know, that's I'm gonna. I'll, I'll read the second issue, but it's not something that I'm like, oh god, I can't wait to see where this is going just yet. Right, right. But the well, bad girl. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say on the, I mean, because I do recall you speaking about this now. Speak, speak on it. Uh, I enjoyed the <laughs> bad girl birds of prey. Number one, um, one of the first DC series I, modern DC series that I really got into was Gail Simone's birds of prey. I really enjoyed that back in the day. Um, so I'm, I'm partial to that group. Um, and I think you guys did acknowledge this when we were talking about this the first time, which is that much love to the costume because it's, it's not like overtly sexual. It's just right. functional. It's right. Yeah. It looks um, like fabric. 
Now, I don't know if y'all have seen Claire Rose art before. I had not. Nope. But big fan of it. Yep. Very much. Um, it's, it's interesting because I would go so far as to say that the art is a little evocative to me of, um, of Albuquerque, who, who does Batgirl. Um, a little more on the cartoony animated side. You know, actually, what it reminds me of? Um, Gabriel Rodriguez. Yeah. Lock and Key. Oh, yeah. yeah a little yeah, bit. I see that. A little bit. Right? Um, more shadows, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only nit I have on the issue from is, is I, I do not like that Black Canary costume. No. I much prefer the, the one we're used yes. to seeing her in. You're right. And if I could add one thing, I, I really like Claire Rose art. Mm-hmm. I don't think she draws Barbara attractive enough. Oh, I kind of like it though. The nerdy. I mean, it's, it's slice of life and Mm -hmm. it's, 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 she's, she's pretty, but she's average. And I've never seen Barbara as average. That's fair. Barbara was always like gorgeous, but you know, in her element. Yeah. Right. She didn't, she didn't need to glam up because she had an inherent her beauty was apparent. She didn't wear a lot of makeup. She just was, you know, um, an, a, a laid back kind of beauty. Whereas this is more, um, I don't know. It's just, it's almost, she's almost too plain mm. in this. Okay. Whereas if you look at the Raphael Albuquerque backer, oh, she's, she's, she's very, very cute. Yes. And I mean, she's beautiful, but she's, she's got a, a glow to her. That the Claire Rowe Batgirl doesn't have. Well, listen, I mean, y'all know how I feel about Albuquerque. Albuquerque can, yeah, it's hard for him to make a person unattractive when he draws them. Right. Unless he's turning them into a monster. You know what I mean? Not, and again, not to slight Claire's art because I think it's great. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about Batgirl. I, I, uh, I, I, I dug it the most. It's, uh, it's Barbara on Walkabout. Her, her little company's blown up and she's going to walk about. She goes to Japan and, uh, meets up with an old pal. And, uh, but she's really there to meet up with a, a former, well, not necessarily former, uh, a heroine from back in the day who's now an old woman. And, uh, her name is, uh, uh, Miss, uh, Yamashiro. And, um, Let's just say the old woman still got a, a couple tricks up her sleeve, right? Yes. You know? Not her, her code name's Fruit Bat? Yeah, yeah Fruit Bat. Yeah, Fruit Bat. That's pre- I, I like this issue a lot. I didn't, I have no idea who Fruit Bat is. Now that's interesting Wait. only because I, I guess I predicted wrong after I read it and I said on Slack that I thought that, uh, that David would like it and you wouldn't. No, I thought it was good. Cool. I thought it was going to be yeah. too slice of lifey for you. No, 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 no. When the art's this beautiful, the leeway widens. Got it. Yeah. The only thing I thought was unrealistic is that they didn't show Barbara and this dude banging out. Because when you're in a hostel like that, <laughs> and it's a man or woman here <laughs> in a hostel, you're 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 tearing it up. I don't think that's necessary. You're, you're, it's it's pound town. <laughs> yeah, but now she's watching them throw up, so that might have lost that luster. Yeah, your breath, dude. Your breath. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I thought was really cool, and I don't know if it was an intentional or not. Was, um, on the one page, you have Fruit Bat throwing down, and Batgirl says, that's Fruit Bat! But on the facing page, it almost looks like that thought balloon is coming from Barbara's head on the opposite page, which could be simultaneous. 
Yeah, no, but it's really neat the way they did that. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's intentional, but I think it looks, it, it works for me. No, yeah, cool. I'm glad you liked it too. I, 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 I don't know if the intention of this book is to continue to be a, a walkabout slice of life book, but I hope it is because I, I'm down with it. I'm feeling it. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Written by Hope Larson, by the way, we should say. Yes. Let's let's do the whole uh, credit sequence while we're at it. Uh, Hope Larson wrote it, Raphael Albuquerque drew it, and Dave McCaig did the color art. Right. And he uses a lot of dot patterns, and thank you very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's my jam. And by the way, if you're interested in this art, you can get it from our boy Palo at Cadence. Oh, look at you. He just posted it. Get a kickback? Oh. No, I don't get a kickback, you wise ass. Oh, dude, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wow, I don't not go for the throat. Sending him my love though, because he's he's Holy our boy. Holy crap, Damn. he is. He's all dumb shit. Using me to pay for play and shit. Hey, <laughs> well, if I could, here. if I, I could, I would. My hot ninety seven. <laughs> all right. So what else did you read? That was just two things. Oh no, you got no, a lot no, of good no. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, let's uh, we can keep the, the team ups going because I know that y'all did your homework. And read we did. some Department H. Oh, we did. Yes. Ooh. Matt Kent. Getting it done. Five issues already. Five issues. From That's crazy, Dark isn't Wars. it? Just it's like the first one shipped like last week. It's true. It is coming out quite regularly. regularly. Yes. Uh, this is a lot of things, as all Matt Kent books are. It's at its core a murder mystery. Um, Mia, who is the protagonist... Her father has been her. Okay, let me go back up. Mia is has a photographic memory. She's a scientist, and she has been up in a space station for a long time, a space station that was created by her father. Um, and at some point, they became estranged. Her father ended up running a new project down in the depths of the ocean, along with her brother and a bunch of other people that she has a past with. Uh, Mia is brought to the to the ocean facility to investigate uh, the death of her father, who she believes was murdered by someone on the facility. And so we're introduced to each character, and, and it's it's much like Clue the movie in that every person has a motive, every person has a, a reason not to have done it and to have done it. She's got a relationship and a past with each, very intertwined. Um, so it's there's a lot of layers here. Again, as Kent, is, is, Kent always crafts very complex stories that, that wrap up neatly at the end. Um, but we, we, there's a lot of things we don't know. We don't know. We know it's a research facility and things aren't quite going according to plan. We don't quite know why. Um, we don't know the motivations yet. We're figuring that out. Um, and, uh, it's, it's over the, over the first arc, she essentially has to go through a lot of travails. Um, she's got a strange relationship with her brother uh, she and her brother leave the facility to try and fix something, and uh, she almost dies. Her brother disappears, and they have to mount a rescue mission, and uh, they come across some pretty crazy, trippy things in the process of that. Um, and it's, uh, you know, again, it's it's a bit sci-fi. It's a bit, um, it's a bit interpersonal soap opera. It's a, it's it's as we, it's definitely a murder mystery. It's all these things wrapped into one with that very distinctive Kint artwork, which uh, I just adore. And uh, I don't, I don't know if y'all know, I don't know how long this is supposed to run. 
but I hope I hope it's a nice long run because uh, well, if the depth gauge is any indication, yes. I love that's my favorite oh, part. Wait, what do you the, mean? the depth gauge on, the, on each page? There's it goes up another with each issue. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, in the gutter on. I the always one, look at his gutter since uh, oh. since my management. Because he always he's like Mad Magazine. He's fucking Aragon is over here with, with putting shit in the gutter in, on the page yeah. side. On some issues though, it's it's on the the uh, the extremities on the pages. It's not in the gutter. Right. I think issue issue three. It's oh my gosh! The, I never. I did not notice that. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Oh, so we're. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Because each issue is also twenty four hours. That's true. He and he said that in the first issue, right? That that yes. was the plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so yeah, so I guess by that, we've got five bars and other five issues, so. Because eventually me is going to solve the mystery. Yeah. So, and, and I don't know, then it, maybe there'll be a spinoff, maybe, but. I'm, so I'm 24, thinking, we're going to get 24 issues. Right. So I'm thinking, okay. I'm thinking this story is. Oh, 24 hours, 24 issues. I mean, 24 days. 24, 24 pages. Hours, 24 pages. Ah, oh, it's awesome. See, Ken's such a freak, man. He's such a madness planner. Yeah, um, yeah. But he, uh, yeah, so I mean, the, the, maybe this story is, is finite and that might not be the end of these characters, but I'm, I'm pretty sure this, this story has, um, which also gives the readers a race against the clock to see if we can figure it out before the final issue. Yeah. Uh, judging by the title, I mean, you could tell right now it's, it, from the get go, it's very concept heavy. When, when Department H is also depth. Oh, right. Right. Hey, did you yeah. see, I think it was in the, maybe the third issue, Colin Bunn sent the letter in and, and he said, Hey, man, I don't know if you noticed this, but Department H also looks like depth. <laughs> so you can have that for free. I, I, you don't have to give me credit for that, but you can have that one. But I just thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> like, guys are it's like, it's like, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that, dude. That's why we called it that. Um, I love the uh, initial pages. Like in in the first issue, you have the the suit, the H two deep dive suit. Mm-hmm. In the second issue, it's the colossal squid, um, and he shows you the scale. And you've got the, the mime, the little yeah, crab thing that's like a parrot. It's just amazing. I mean, the no one could ever accuse Mister Kent of just jumping in and and winging it. He's got this thing covered, uh, every aspect of this story, right down to the, you know, the the interiors of the ship and what the the suits do yeah. and how they. It's it's crazy. Well, if we ever do uh, get him on the show, because he always says he'll come on, but we can never actually get him on. Um, you know, he has. I have I have talked to him over the years. He he is a self professed perfectionist. He, you know, he 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 is in full control of everything from, uh, you know, page design to when he gets the. The collected editions to the the type of paper, the, the cover, you know, he, he's he's meticulous. He 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 controls every aspect of the book and views the totality of the book as the, uh, you know, every facet of the book is part of the of part of the art, which is hard to hard not to love. I admire his his uh, fearlessness because it it's got to be difficult to produce art. In this style, in a industry that is primarily driven by surface sheen and and the beauty that uh, like like a mainstream beauty, where I'll be honest, I think Kint's art is beautiful, but it is not pretty. 
Right. Well, not conventionally so. No, there, there's nothing conventional about his sure. art. And the panels, like his drawings look effortless. But having talked to him, we know that that's not the case. Correct. But, but the, 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 the line work, the, the, the approach looks like he just throws down. And it's, it's not the truth. Um, and there's a fearlessness to that because he knows that, you know, you've got your Jim Lees and your Capullos who draw pretty pictures and those are the guys that, that click. Whereas the very same people that, that would praise that kind of work would look at this and say, man, this guy can't draw. When you have to allow the work to sink in and it's very apparent that he can draw. He just, he chooses to use a, 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 a shorthand for many things that isn't readily, um, it doesn't, doesn't strike home with the, 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 the beauty factor. I love that. That is ballsy. That's, that's just fearless. He does not care. This is how I communicate on paper. Uh, you take it or you leave it. It's, I just think his art's I, impeccable. I, I just, I respect it because it tells the story, you know? Yes. It does. It does. And he doesn't noodle. He doesn't feel the need to, like, say within the interior of this, this, uh, undersea um station he doesn't need to go in and draw like wally would every like create machinery just to litter every single crevice mm-hmm. of this thing he will let a bulkhead just be a blank bulkhead right. yeah. and and that's confidence that's fearlessness that just says look this is my world i set the parameters and you either accept it or you don't and it's cool that his wife has become yeah, charlene colors. has been doing she's yeah done a bad you know? job on the color i, I gotta be honest so it looks a lot like he would do it oh well, either way though right I mean, yeah no i mean they, they're speaking the same language yeah it's great uh, yeah but you know and, and it's the way you know everything in every panel is is just like an old movie where you just need to see what he's drawn in the panel. Nothing extra. doesn't matter. You know, yeah. If we don't have anybody in the background, it's fine. It's just, you know, there's two people talking and that, everything you need is just right there. So it, it just goes with what you were saying, Vince, about no unnecessary yeah. noodling. It's like everything you need is right here. So Right. And drawing's not about beauty anyway. It's about communication. Yeah. yeah. Some guys do it in a in a very pleasing style like art adams who draws i've never seen an art adams drawing that i didn't say oh my god that's beautiful but i'll be honest art adams can't tell a story like matt kent sequentially yeah and i I thought the uh little subtle touches that you know this way you're not getting you you're smart enough to to follow along with the story you're obviously going to pick this up but like when um when when harry was uh was dragging Roger out of the cave with the lava, and and we right. had a close up of yeah. of them in their helmets, and Kent draws them so you can see their faces through the helmets from a distance. Though you know that the helmets are closed, but so you could see their reactions and 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 what they're feeling at the time while they're trying to get out of this lava cave. Um, that was just it. Doesn't anybody who's going to put that? Oh, well, that's just. Why, why was, where's the consistency? Why didn't you just, you know, draw what that's had nothing to do with he's showing you 
what's going on with these people. And that that's the important part. That's more important than just making sure that right. everybody's face is covered because they're underwater and that's what the suits would do. I don't, it's, right. there's a time to be technical and then there's a time to move the story forward. And that's what Matt was doing with this. Well, and he's yep. so good with, with, he makes such smart decisions, right? Like there's never, when he does the panel, tra- when he does the pager panel transitions to a flashback, you know, because of the color palette, yep. mm-hmm. there's no, it doesn't, because a lot of people would be tempted to change the color palette, but then also say three years ago, or yeah, back in 2000, you know, but, but he doesn't, right. he just, he gives you the different color palette, the muted palette, presuming that you're an intelligent enough reader that by the context of the story and the change in the color, you're going to get that it's a flashback. And I love that. He doesn't, you know, it's, it's, I just love, I think he makes some smart choices. And, and in the flashbacks, the, the color used is, Contingent on the mood yes. of the fl- of the flashback, like when Correct. in issue five, yeah. when me, Mia and Alan are together, they're warm colors. Right. Yes, and then you yes. have and and it's it's blue when she's uh, when when they're having the contest of holding their breath. Yes, uh, yeah, she's much. So the tone sets the color, yeah. which is it's just damn smart. But and and it's the second book we're discussing where flashbacks play a role whereas you know here's matt giving it to you the way it is i'm I'm changing colors and obviously you know based on the way people look you can tell this is the past but in all-star batman you had john romita jr modify the the panels so that you know when things i mean yes it also said 20 minutes ago 22 minutes ago two hours ago so you had the, the title card is letting you know what's going on, but, right. uh, mm-hmm. which I think you needed in that case because it may not have been so obvious. You you wouldn't have known how much time had passed. Right. Just based on conversations that Batman's having with, with Harvey or with Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. But that story's based on time. Time is a very yes, crucial right. factor. Absolutely. In story. Whereas in these flashbacks, you don't have it doesn't time matter. To, to mess yeah. around with the, it, you gotta right. be straightforward. And I gotta say, if I ever saw a sea mime in proximity to me, I would definitely soil my drugs. Oh yes, right? Yeah, they're they're disgusting. And the one of the, another testament to Kent's skill is on in issue five with the sea mime page, and it's all um, typeset, and it's got callouts, and this is the proboscis, and this is the syrinx. There's a callout that's actually has a strike through that's handwritten and it yes. says nausea. And that yeah. to me says that little tiny detail right there convinces me that this page has been ripped from an official document or a working document. This world is real. And all it took was a, a line and some handwritten type that adds authenticity to everything that Matt Kent says on the page. Yeah. It, it's it's simple, but it's so damn effective. So my question for you guys, uh, since we have another year and a half until we find out, or at least, well, probably a year and a half. They may tell us before the last issue. Um, but at some point, we will find out who killed her father. So who do you think killed her father? Is this well, is no spoilers. Got- this is just speculation. Right. right. It's It's got to be somebody, right, on the base. Yeah, I mean, unless he's... Kent always plays fair, so I'm going to assume it's one of those people that yeah. we were introduced to in that 
last page of the first issue that are on the ship or on the yeah um i say raj really yeah because i out of all those people i think he's the least likely suspect (laughs) but he was also in the cave looking for dad thinking dad may have been Mm -hmm. in there could have been a friend Um, yes but i mean he was kind of he then then he was really taking the whole thing to heart um with the fifth issue it, it, it looks like we're kind of supposed to maybe want it to be Bob. Yes. Mm. Uh, especially with, with me, his look on the last panel in his direction. And then we get the, um, her notes on, uh, on Bob at the end of it. But, uh, it, it's, uh, I'm going to assume it's Aaron. Ah, the priest simply because it's the priest. Number one. And yeah. number two, it's the guy that we really haven't get, seen any indication would have an issue or cause to do it yet. Yeah. I just think that striking close to home with the brother would would be a... <gasps> a, 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 a big, well, yeah, because then it makes it a whole family. Sure. Yeah, the, the gasp. Because, I mean, you have Jerome, he's nuts. Yes. Right? Lily is the friend that has a beef. I wonder, so I mean, that's, and, that's too obvious. Do you think maybe Roger could hold a grudge? I mean, lost his legs. You, but he would, yeah. And that's that's not as close as Raj, but he was his best friend, right? Yeah, the, the father's close, uh, like closest friend. So maybe I don't think it's Q because yeah, like the big the big burly tattooed yeah. guy. That's too obvious, right? I, I don't know. We'll just have to see where, how it plays out. But um to get me to dive into a pun intended a murder mystery like this it takes some doing not my favorite genre it but, isn't no but when you when you immerse it <laughs> within sci-fi and put the the fucking disgusting crabs and the beautifully designed under you know the suits and everything it's just this world is compelling so i shouldn't say i don't like the genre I just don't like the approach that others typically take within mm-hmm, that genre. Mm-hmm. This is a very unique take. And you expect that with Kent. Oh, it's so good, man. It doesn't play by the numbers. And I love the watercolor. You know, I love... Yeah. Yeah. And it's messy too. Oh, yes. oh my God. Yeah. Well, and you guys know, I ha- I'm fortunate enough to have a couple of p- commissions from him and he's done a few of my jam pieces and that's, that's, that's the way he draws, man. It's, you know, you love that, that, that splotchy, messy, visceral approach it's great yeah and and it's not framed in anything mm-hmm. it's it it's there there's no reservations at all this is how we do it you either accept it or you don't it's like montel jordan it's it's <laughs> it's just a thing it's this thing of beauty absolutely my kind of beauty yeah loved it loved the, it loved it it's just let the colors go where they where they where they may it's mm-hmm. fluid just like the the undersea kingdom right yeah it's Perfect. Now, the yeah. other thing I wanted us to tag team on, I'm nervous about now. Well, one thing, before you move on to Black Hill, <laughs> which I know you're going, one thing, I think we have done Mr. Kent a disservice because we really never have spoken about the conclusion to mind management. And I think we should... Oh, we rec- no, 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 we no, should, don't, no, don't. I'm not, I, I'm finished yet. That's oh, what I'm saying. Lord. I know, I know. Brief. Are we, well, you... 
Me, I'm not. Oh, you, 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 me, it took me two weeks to watch eight hours of TV. Ooh. My man over here, mind management ended a year ago. He's all. I'm just, but yeah, but in, in his defense, the sixth trade did not come out until about three months ago, four months maybe. I don't know, right. but whatever the case, I'm sticking up for. Well, I can never get mad at my boo. So, <laughs> right. well, there we go. I'll be offended. Good lord. But we should get on that with the quickness. We should finish my management talking. Oh, well, you know I'm down for that. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, yeah, we're going to talk Hammer. about the Black Hammer. Black Hammer. Yes. Uh, so, as I told you guys on the, our daily chat sessions, uh, it's going to be very, very hard for someone to displace Mr. Lemire from my 11 o'clock for choice for best writer this year. It's true. Very true. Just for Bloodshot Reborn. Well, ironically, <laughs> the one thing that I would assume would, I, I have not caught up with Bloodshot Reborn, mm. but, uh, so, but that's probably just another feather in his cap because I don't see why that wouldn't be great too. Um, but everything else that he's done this year, that I've had the good fortune of reading has been terrific in my mind. And that is uh, Descender, which we've talked about. Uh, I actually read the most recent trade of that while I was away too, but we can save that for another time. Uh, Plutona, which I read that trade while I was away. Uh, Old Man Logan, which I talked about two weeks ago. I'm sorry. What, did, did Plutona, was that an OGN or was it a mini series that was collected? Cause yeah, I don't remember seeing the, the, okay. Cause I only saw the trade from, um, in the image previews. I didn't know that. I, obviously, I I missed it when it was coming out, but okay, all right, because I have I have the the PDF of the trade from Image, so I'll I'll read that for sure. It's definitely worth it. Uh, Descender, Plutona, Old Man Logan, uh, Extraordinary X Men, which in my view is the the best X Men book coming out right now, uh, and now Blood Blood Blood. She got to came out Bloodshot. Uh, Black Hammer. Now, Black Hammer is, um. Written by Mr. Lemire. He does not draw this book. It is drawn by, uh, I can't remember his name. Dean, or- Dean Ormston. Thank you very much. Beautifully illustrated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, is he someone that you guys were familiar with before this book? I have heard the name. Okay. Yeah, I have not. I did not tell you where. Okay. It's Dark Horse Dave, uh, Dave Stewart on colors. Um, so we're two issues in. Second issue just came out. And it is essentially, so far, what we know is that a a group, a supergroup, essentially the the supergroup of this particular Earth, uh, its great heroes, something happens where they end up in another place, trapped in a small farm town, where for some reason they can't leave a certain square mileage of the town. And, uh, but it seems like everyone else can. So it's like a real earth and they are living under the guise of assumed identities as though they're living on the farm with one of the guys being the old grandfatherly owner of the farm and his quote unquote granddaughter being a young girl. And then they have a few, few members that are physically different enough that they can't really uh, be out in public. So they just hide out in the farm and live there, but they all live in this farm. And it's pretty clear that most of them are fairly fed up with the whole process. I think it's been what, eight years, eight years, right? 10, 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Um, 
And the the first two issues have essentially been table setting. I mean, it's it's still a lot lots more we don't know than do know. Um, with the second issue being titled "The Curse of Zafram," and that's where in the first issue we learn that the young girl is actually a grown woman trapped in a young girl's body, and she's none too happy about it. And this issue sets up her backstory. It shows you her origin in the Golden Age, and then takes us back up through uh, the the current status quo, which is where to keep up appearances they still make her go to school. So she's a 55-year-old woman trapped in a 9-year-old girl's body, and she actually has to go to school and go to, like, the fourth grade instead of the, I guess, the third grade or whatever. Um, but I, listen, I love it. I, It's definitely a, a setup. I mean, so far, I mean, we're not getting a lot of action yet. We're just learning about the characters and, and, and their quest for either in a way to escape or figuring out what exactly happened. Um, but I find the character design by Ornstrom awesome. Um, I'm fascinated by the strangeness of each of the characters. I think most of them are very odd. Some are, some are intentionally, uh, derivations of oh, yes. tropes. Like, like Zafram is, you know, I mean, it's Miss, it's Marvel. It's a Marvel. Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Marvel and Shazam. Um, Mary but, Marvel. Yes, but but I, I I like that I like the choices that Jeff's making and uh, it's got me pulled in because the characters are, are interesting to me I find them interesting. Uh, yep. So now you can tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. You're wrong. It feels a lot like Alan Moore's America's Greatest Comics to me. Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm yeah, sure. uh, and I'm not. That's not a detriment. Mm-hmm. Um. I also have to take you to task because there are a lot of pulpy elements to this series. Yeah. Except for the fact it doesn't have whack-ass pulp, pulp characters. Yet. <laughs> Dude, they're, all the characters are, are, are aged, especially like Abraham Slam. He's, he's past his prime. Right. And, I, I, he's the I, only one who kind of is happy here. He, he's not, he's yeah. not rushing to go back. He's the reality of it, yeah. It, I would call it America's Greatest Comics by way of BPRD. There, there's, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the outsiders, the, the castaways, the castoffs. There, there's a, um, uh, a feeling of on their own, they wouldn't quite fit in, but they have this group now, this, this unit of, 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 um, just strange against the grain oddball people that have found some kind of solace in this community that they're forced into. Um, there's a component of mystery to this. Like why are they trapped in this town? What does it have to do with the hammer? They, they met at the hammer and you know, why can't they go past the bounds of the, the, the city limits? I, it's it's strange. There there has to be a mystical component to it, right? And and your point, the hammer was another one of the members. And, yes. Uh, and and which he, that is um because I was digging the issue. I was digging the first issue, and I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. Um I'm, I'm I'm enjoying who these characters are. I'm I'm getting a feel for them. And then I get to the last three pages, and I'm like, now now I'm in because. We, uh, that's when we find out that it's been 10 years since the heroes who saved Spiral City 
up and disappeared. Yep. And mm-hmm. great cityscape too. The, yes, great, it is absolutely fantastic. And and a very nice Kirby-esque monster uh yeah. on the facing page. But uh once we I thought that was Golden Gale though. No. Oh, she's up in the she's to the right right underneath the caption. She is Golden Gale America's superpowered sweetheart. That's her to the flying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I didn't read issue two. You all are one ahead of me. Right. So that's right. Oh, so, sorry. Um, that's no, right. I didn't, I, I didn't finish the second issue. I'm, I'm about 10 oh, pages okay. in. Um, the, uh, but while she's, while, while this reporter for Global Planet is, uh, is telling us that it's been 10 years since everybody disappeared and, and, uh, she says that, uh, Black Hammer, was the hero of the streets. Uh, but Black Hammer also happens to be her father, the reporter's father. And so now that not, so we're not only getting this story. This is, this world isn't just being viewed through these displaced heroes eyes. Now we're having someone on the other side from where they left mm-hmm. trying to, so she's going to be our eyes and ears to find out, you know, where, so, and and the fact that now this she is related to the person who had the hammer that everybody meets around. That's there now. It just That's went from being a whole little like okay, these are some old heroes that are just trying to get by wherever they are. Now now right. there's more layers on it, and I'm like this now. Um, yeah. Right. What happened to the black hammer? Yeah, yeah it and it's cool that. because you you get a, a different viewpoint too because the 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 uh, Characters are stuck in this very rural, you know, country setting, whereas the daughter the is smack dab in the city. Right. And so you get, you'll see in the second issue, Vince, that the people, they don't know where they are. They don't know if they're outside the city. They don't know if they're in a pocket universe. They have could no be clue. Scene. They can't. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, they can be trapped inside her, her computer. We, so we don't know yet. Uh, they're in a coffee cup right there. Right there. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that somehow or another they're trapped in a, inside the hammer in a reality that the black hammer has created. Cool. Yeah, that would, that could happen. So, I think, I'm, I'm curious, did I, okay. It was, was is it, about, and it has nothing to do with the story, it has to do with the issue because this, this, I don't, I don't buy too many Dark Horse comics. The only other one is Department H and, when I got to the end of the first issue, the last five, six pages are, are a sneak peek, which is great, of, of Bounty. But what, mm-hmm. what, what really bugged me for some stupid reason is the last page of the preview is the inside back cover. And I'm like, that just, I, I wasn't looking really for any back matter, but it was just like, listen, here's the end of the issue. And now instead of just giving this sneak peek its own pages, we're going all the way to the very end, including the back cover and then I go back to department H and I'm like, wow, this is just, this is almost a complete package. So that's, that's a, a really shitty pet peeve on, on the packaging of the first issue it has no bearing on the story itself. It's a great issue. Fucking read it, buy it, enjoy it. But yeah, uh, I'm not feeling the color art on that bounty preview. I like the drawing style. The color is, it, yeah. it's not, it's an affront. So I don't, it was I wrong. But anyway, back in, to, in, like I, I was nervous because it seemed like you were 
implying you were kind of ho hum on the whole thing, but no, I did that because I knew you were going ho. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I was just playing you. All right. No, how could I not like this? I don't know. No, it's it's and and you say with the Barbalian, you say Warlord of Mars. That conjures one name. Edgar Rice Burroughs. So for you to say that this is not pulp, <laughs> you, you know, you're shitting up a drain pipe because it is. How about that David Rubin? Oh yes, and I, I'm going through the. After I read the issue, I'm like, oh, David Rubin pinup. No wonder he likes it. Oh my god. Oh, that's so, so nice, hot. isn't it? Yeah. By the way, Kent and those two characters together. were the were the meat. Of, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, Kent and Rubin doing a book together. How crazy is that? Yeah, the the uh, Gale and the Barbalian, those two characters were the real draw for me. The way they interacted on top of the the, yeah, the roof that was, there, that was yeah, that was cute. That's... I like that a lot. She's tough, but not so tough that she doesn't let it down for him mm-hmm. or whatever him. If it does have a gender, I don't see a schlong. So whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he can also change his appearance. So. True. So he could be probably be anything he wants. No, it's it was it was a neat take, and it feels like a dark horse book. It does. It does. Yeah, if that can make any sense. Yeah. It's my and and it it has nothing to do with it, but it it reminded me for some reason of of the uh, the late lamented cow. Don't know why. Because because well, they're, they're the, completely the group. different, right? But it's. It, there's no real politics involved here. It's just like, but yeah, it is. It's 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 a group of of characters who um, are kind of. I mean, at least with Cal, it was the whole union aspect, and people were kind of forced to work together. But it's just it. I don't. I, I'm reading this, and I'm like, it 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 kind of feels like that. And then there was um, parts of it because of like Barbalian, um, and uh, and Talkie Walkie. For some reason, I got uh, flashbacks to uh, to the twelve. Okay, yeah, that's I can. But see again, that. that's just because of the the era. The twelve are characters from from the thirties and forties, and these characters are kind of are, are set up to to appear from that era. So, um, but there are definitely yeah. I, I think if if you there are. Black Hammer is, is a book that obviously we're going to recommend, but I don't think we can kind of say, if you like this, you'll love this. But there That's is true. something, I think, in Black Hammer that everybody who enjoys superhero comics, they will get something out of it. And pulpy stuff. Um, the, the, the one panel with Madam Dragonfly, are there isolated sections of this area that are attuned to the characters that reside in them like if you drove by her little house i mean it looks like a tim burton oh, movie right. right and there's there's a thing in a window like it, it, i i need to know more about the surroundings right I, it, it it's there are vines that are seemingly engulfing the house and growing around it and she's it, it's just a strange section of town where if i drove by it i would make sure to stop and investigate because yeah. it doesn't look normal to me well in the second issue we find out that because of her magical powers the rest of the town looks at her as a normal woman oh she's got the stephen strange thing going yeah on where she can 
cloud the mind. That's Jeepers. <laughs> I think she's kind of hot, though. Of course yeah. you do. Raven's your favorite Titan. She is pretty much Raven. <laughs> yeah, that's Raven. I did like Raven a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about my favorite Titan, <laughs> but she's I, I like Raven. World did not have Raven in the Teen Titans book, by the way. It, it, no, it, she's going to be in the one with uh, Damien. Awesome. Because I guess she's yeah. younger now. Uh, I don't know. I another another another. Another year or two where I won't be seeing Raven in a concert. <laughs> but John Boy, Vince is going to tell That's you, John Boy it. Myers, John motherfucker. Dude. Yeah, because that was such a strong tie to John Boy Myers. <laughs> well, you, just, you just shit on my kitchen. Took two issues for him to piss McFarlane off so much, McFarlane took the book back. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Number one, he was on more than two issues. And he was making McFarlane look bad. His By the time so John Boy was... Strutting like a peacock at New York Comic Con about being the new audition spawn. He was already off the book. <laughs> he didn't want to play by Todd's rules. I don't blame him. Dude, you would stand on your head, light your nipples on fire, and and belate Todd if he asked you to so that you could be involved. Get a taste a tip. I can't say a damn thing <laughs> to counter that. You know it's true. I know. I but no, sure. John Boy did a superb job on Spawn. No, I'm fronting. I didn't even see a page of it, so I'll take your word. Yeah. Much better than Mr. Larson's doing. Huh. Oh, damn. Yeah. He's he's pulling himself too thin. He's still doing that, huh? He's Well, no. His last issue's done. The, I think he's going to be on Spawn through the Ant crossover with Savage Dragon, and then he's done. I don't know who's on Spawn after after Eric. Okay. But you can see it. In this, in in Savage Dragon, he's he's just winging it. The the art barely looks finished. Is he still putting out Savage Dragon monthly? Well, his version of monthly, yeah. <laughs> but whatever. All right, what else do we have? You tell me. Uh, David. That's Action Nine Sixty One. Action Nine Sixty One. That's this week's, right? Yes. yes. Yes, uh, with Inker Extraordinaire, Mr. R.T. Bear. T. Bear, yeah. Oh, nice. um, uh, Segovia. Uh, I think, I think Mr. T. Bear did what he could with the art. He I, did what he could? He did what he, he could. Did what he did. I, words. It was okay. The art was okay. The, yes, the art was okay. Uh, it, I'm, I, I want Zercher back, basically. The the um That would be nice every every I tapped out uh, after nine sixty for the record. Oh, that's okay. Like you said, you don't have an affinity for the shield. How did you um how did you feel about Kirkham's art on, on nine sixty? Brutal. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it looked like it looked like Yowie did. <laughs> that's so you were scared. Damn. <laughs> Not even close. Dude, when you go look through previews and you get to that part every every time it's where you get to the galley and it makes you uncomfortable, but you have to keep flipping the pages so you see it every month. I, I was like, oh, this, this would fit right into that yaoi Dude, it's, it's not even close. The only, it, it, the only thing missing was the close-up of, like, Superman's bulge with another person grabbing it. See, now, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is the end of our relationship, but <laughs> I, I don't see how you can say that about this art. It's really not that 
the the stylistic traits of Yahweh are not in this thing. Well, now let's now if we're going to maybe go maybe. there. Let's acknowledge that I have not actually ever read any Yowie, but clearly no. you I mean, have, but so. I think, like, of course he has. You gotta investigate, dude, right? You have to know what you're talking about. They're very, the, the chins are very, all the boys are very pretty. Superman is attractive, but he's not really pretty. Right? Uh, and he's not in a frame. See, whatever I say, I'm gonna, uh, forget it. It's, it's not worth it. It's, this is not Yahweh, dude. It's, his, his chin is not a, it does not come to a point. <laughs> oh, you're cruel. Wonder Woman is gorgeous in 960. The, this Tyler Kirkhamart is good. What's the other? So, 961. Ah, oh yes, um, 961. I think, I think now that Superwoman is on the stands. Um, and this is why it hurts is because action is the book written by Jurgens. Yes. And you explain to me why, why we have, uh, and again, I know Vince is your boy. But why, I, I honestly feel like I've read maybe 40 to 50 Superman comics in my entire life. And I swear to you, the doomsday's been in 35. <laughs> So many times in the last five years, have we not? Have we not? Well, if you have the best Superman villain in your arsenal, why not use him? Now you're just being cruel. Uh, I'm not. You're just just trying to trying to trying to hurt me. It's just like if, it's, you kinda, if you were talking about Wolverine or Deadpool, you'd make some comment about it. It's the same. Yeah, but I don't drag it on every freaking episode. Oh, every episode. If Doomsday <laughs> wasn't in a book we were talking about every week, I wouldn't have to drag it on. Well, the things are bi-weekly. It's not my fault, the frequency. You know, if a book comes out and Doomsday's in it, I'm going to read it. So, you know, I, mean, and I wanted to talk about this because I, I'm anticipating um, listener response to the 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 tune of man you guys are really dc heavy lately and it's true because that's what we're reading i mean yeah. the, the podcast is a reflection of what we consume Correct. if if all we are consuming is dc and a couple of dark horse books and that's what you're going to hear about saying, we spent a good chunk of the episode talking about dark horse no no but i mean come on i'll be honest we have been talking up dc a lot sure, the past they did the relaunch and we're vibing on it and yeah, yeah, but when you go from zero to sixty, like we, I think the 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 diehard was David. David was reading DC when both of us, meaning Jason and myself, were not. Probably true. Dave, David stuck with them, and we just no, 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 don't don't. I you did we were all there. For, we were all there for the for the new fifty two launch. We all kind of left yeah. it over time. I yeah, came back. Yeah. To check out what Superman was up to because hey, something new with the character and John Romita's coming, so okay, so let me check out. I Superman, Fantastic Four, Spider Man, these are books, these are characters that I will always give a shot when yeah. something new is happening. And then it's up to the storytellers to keep me going. But I need I like these characters enough where I'm like, all right, let me let me see what you guys have have planned. So I went back during the whole um Truth storyline, and then I also checked out Justice League during 
the Amazo virus storyline with Fabukan Art, and then I, I just kept going with it into the Dark Side War. So, but I didn't. I, I did check out Batman. Is that how you pronounce it, Fabuk? That's how Jason. I've been saying it. Cool. Um, but you know, so yeah, so I did. I did check out Batman. I was reading Robin War. Um, so yeah, there were some things that I was checking out, but but I know Jason was 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 reading Black Canary. Um, but yes, I mean, as a whole, we kind of left. And then we did. And when you got a guy as good as Aaron Cooter on a Superman book, and that does not compel me to read it, that wasn't Superman. something that was the thing, man. It's like, but it's still congrats to Aaron, by the Superman way, Marvel exclusive. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. But um, the guy is great, and to put him on a on a on a book featuring a character, even in name, that I would normally check out, and yet I don't. That yeah. says something about what's going on at DC well, at the time. I think there's an entertaining undercurrent to what you're bringing up, which is that, well, first let's address the, the, the elephant in the room that you'd led to, which is that look, right, to anyone that's listened to us for a long time, I would presume they're already well acclimated to the fact that we don't have a script, we don't have a grand plan, we talk about what we're reading, we generally try and talk about things that we've, at least two of us have read so that we can have some dialogue yeah. and collaboration, and yeah, we're in a period where we're reading a lot of DC, and as you, as David noted, when New 52 launched, we talked for like a month about every first issue, and um, we run the gamut, man. We have times where we're, you know, Vince, you'll go and you'll talk about for a month, two months straight Japanese, you know, manga, and, you know, I just, a couple weeks ago, I, I, oh, yeah. I talked about a bunch of indie OGNs that I read. I mean, we just, we'll, we'll do way back, and we'll talk about shit from 1978, I mean, we, the, no the point is, is that we, uh, yeah, we talk about whatever we happen to have read or arriving on at any given time. And I, I don't get easily bothered by critiques because I'm always flattered that people care enough to listen and comment on what we're doing. But the one thing I do get bothered by is when someone inevitably says like, dude, talk enough about this thing. Cause I'm like, if you listen every week, we, if you just, if you just looked at the show notes of any like rolling three month period of the show's history, and took everything that are in the show notes for those three months. Never could we be ever of any show that, I, that uh, that's out there. Could we ever be um, labeled as, as as being too heavy in any one thing? I, I really believe no, that. You're right. You're right. Right. Because I mean, of course, yeah. people in myself included get been busting your chops about all the Valiant talk because you're loving Valiant. But even that's just busting chops because again, like, sure, it's you talk about Valiant a bunch, but but again, if we just take like, if someone wants to go ahead and do it, take. Pick any three month period, pull all the show notes from our our notes, and list them in in all the books. I mean, I, there's no way that it's it, it runs the gamut. At least five yeah. to six publishers every every rolling three month period. There's no way that I, that can't be the case. I like to think that our listeners can tell when I'm glad handing when I'm talking about a book that I feel needs to be talked about, but I didn't really dig it. But for whatever reason, it's, 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 it's hot or it was created by friends of ours. You can tell I'm not being totally honest or at least you could in the past because I don't do that anymore. I, I won't read something just to cover the bases. Mm-hmm. I read what I love. David reads what he loved. And we, I mean, we all do. And that's the thing. If, if I have to come on here and talk about something I have to talk about, I won't do it. Well, and look, I mean, if you want to go all the way back, it's fair to say that's what prematurely ended bullpen, right? It's exactly what Because you got into a mode where you weren't vibing on Marvel as much. 
and I'm flighty. Everybody knows her. When we go back three years, and 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 I think I, you know, how, how many episodes did I say, dude, you're going to be reading DC one, again sometime, and I'm going to laugh. Yeah, like, you're ah, right. Dude, I'm done with it. I'm good. And yeah, here we are, three years later, but we're talking about DC so much. In my defense, I stayed done with it until they changed it. <laughs> hey, man, you you rationalize any way you want. I love you. Right, but th- there are certain characters that are woven within the fabric of who we are. There, there are, for me, there are um, a number of them. Spider-Man and Superman are are two. I, I can't get away from those characters. I may not read Marvel for an extended period of time, but I will always, like David, have a profound love of Spider-Man. Well, and that's an interesting thing right now, right? Because fair to say, I am the least uh, devoted to Spider-Man of the three of us by far, but you guys aren't vibing on Spider-Man right now for the first time no. in a long time. Right? So we're not it's been a while. It, yeah. right? It's been a while. Huh? We talked about the Spidey hey. Treasury Edition, but other than yep. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. it's a nice breath of fresh air. It, it's um, and I, I I might have a Spider-Man issue unread in in the Comicsology Library, but it's yeah, there it it, it just doesn't it, it feels like the way New Fifty Two Superman felt. It was just like this is I don't yeah. know who this is, and and yeah, and that's right. fine. So if this is if someone's enjoying this, more power to you. I, I'm I don't want to. It'll swing back in our direction. But it's like, but, but the reason why, and the reason why I'm not enjoying it might be the reason why someone is. But it, it's right. from everything from, from the ugly covers and, and you're, you're kicking off a new series with, with Scorpio and, and with, instead of, it, the, Slot has been teasing this, this, this clone saga for a while now. And, and so it was a slow, and, and that's cool. And, and, you know, fuck yeah, we're going to get Jim Chung drawing, drawing Spider-Man. So. Yeah, I'm um, pretty excited about that. Seriously. So. Yeah. It can't be bad. No. Right. I mean, at least visually, it's not going to be bad. But as far as, you know, Peter being the, 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 the captain of industry and, and, and the, the, the stupid shit that was going on between him and between Spider-Man and Iron Man and Peter Parker and Tony Stark, where, Ugh, you know, here's Mary me. Jane and, and for, because I'm not reading, I'm not caught up on Iron Man. I have no idea why Tony Stark has no recollection of possibly Spider-Man not being an Avenger, but that Peter Parker and Mary Jane and Aunt May, who was banging Jarvis at the time, weren't staying at Avengers Tower. Right. How do you, how does Tony Stark not remember this? And, and, right. and but, but, because there's no, there's no editor's notes. There's nothing telling me, hey, if you remember this, but Tony doesn't, read this to find out. There was nothing there. So why would I go to read Iron Man to find out why he doesn't remember something that I'm really not grooving to in Spider-Man's why, book? Why would you read Iron Man anyway? But speaking of editor's notes, to flash back to something we talked about at the beginning of the episode, how about all the editor's notes in Superwoman number one? Dude, Dude is littered with yes. them. But anyway, back to Action, shit. which also had a footnote. No, um, one more thing about Spider-Man. You'd think Peter at this point would be like, "F that Mary Jane, I'm done with her. She's nothing but trouble." Like all these years, yeah, all the that, all, that, it, that magic it box, man. It doesn't matter. Peter attracts tons of women. Nothing like MJ, though. All you gotta do is hook up the big, bring the cell phone out and dial up the black cat. There are beep, very beep, few beep, true dimes in the world though, and MJ's one of them. 
And so is the black cat. Nah, she's evil right now, though. So what? It's Mary she's Jane. not about that evil life. She wants a taste of the Parker magic. She get it. Nah. She get it. But anyway, action uh, nine sixty spider webbing. I I know David's main criticism of this storyline. I'm gonna say it before he does. It's dragging. What? Am I right? I well, yes, I mentioned that. So yes. Yeah. I don't think so. I know you don't. But then again, I can't speak with any kind of authority when the main antagonist is Doomsday. This could be a hundred issues. I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in for the ride. But I think this issue, the, the drawback for 961 for me is the visuals. I don't think they get the job done at all. For, oh, in this issue. Mm-hmm. They, there are isolated pockets of, of brilliance. Like when Doomsday slams on Diana's shield, right. that, that's a nice panel. Um, the, the splash of, of Lex over the city, that was kind of nice. It, it, it was a struggle to get through this just from the visuals. I think T-Bear did what he could with the line art, mm-hmm. but I. Yeah, I, that, I've, I've seen stronger Segovia. Yeah, Diana changes from panel to panel. Um, one, one panel she'll look very masculine, the next she's, she's overtly, um, feminine, like gigantic breasts. And Superman like. Superman had a tear. Yeah, I. I know. The, my, what was, what I found weird were some inconsistencies just in, in the characters and the, cause you have, you have Diana seeming to worry about Jonathan every time. And, and, you know, she doesn't want to leave Cal. She's like, listen, this isn't, this doesn't only have to be your fight. And he's like, no, I need you to watch out for my family. I need you to get Lois and John out of here. So John's about to get, uh, Wonder Woman loses her sword to Doomsday during the fight. So Doomsday chucks it and it's headed right towards John. And Wonder Woman deflects it. And the conversation with... And her breasts are way too low on that panel, by the way. But anyway. When when she deflects? Yeah. Um, way, way too low. Yeah, There's they a are. Foot. Yeah. There's a foot between yeah, her chin like and a giraffe neck. More than a foot. That's um, his weight. Oh. But she seems almost inviting when talking to Lois and, and Jonathan in some of these panels, then they get to the watchtower and she's like, should we talk about this in front of the boy? And it's like, where did that person, they were, I just, I just wanted some consistency in the way the characters are. But maybe because she saw Jonathan burn the shit out of doomsday. And she's like, okay, this kid has resiliency. He's got, he, he can defend himself, but he's still a kid. He's still a child. So his father's in mortal danger. Maybe we shouldn't show him that. What if history repeats? Right, right. And that's, that's been Lois's worry since jump. And, you know, she's like, every time, every time John's like, Oh, let's turn the TV on. Oh, I'm sure dad's kicking his ass. Oh, tell me how dad beat him last time. And it's like, all of this. <laughs> he beat him by dying. Yeah, so, <laughs> and everybody else is aware. Lois and Clark are like, listen, you know, 
Lois is stressing over it. Clark is like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to beat this dude this time because I really don't want to die again. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's... it. Batty, batty, batty. Pete, don't feel me now. Yeah. It's, the, the one criticism I have, and it's purely aesthetic, I think dropping the red underwear was a big, big mistake. I don't like it. Yeah. It doesn't break up. There's no Especially when the boots are the same color. The boots need to be red, and he needs the red crotch. He needs to break up the blue. It just does not work without the red. Why are they not seeing that? I think they're just toughing it out just for the sake of not admitting that they made a major faux pas in the design of the costume. I'm there's yellow in the shield. It, without the red, it's just, it's not boring, but it's... It's a unitard. It, it's See, I, I, I like the beard, I... I was oh, the beard looked awesome. That he lasered it oh, off. Especially right? when, when Lee Weeks was drawing it or even uh, yeah. um, Pagulian in, in the Rebirth issue. It yeah. looks amazing when done right. But it, it served its purpose. No, I know. Right? I know. Yeah. But without the red, there there's nothing to excite the eye other than the shield. Now, is, and is the, Lex... Like, Lex is is good, right? Like, like, I know they don't trust him, but he is good, right? Yes and no. He's... There's, well, I mean, but he, he was an active member of the Justice League, right? Right, but he didn't do exactly heroic things along the way. Yeah, it, it wasn't to better mankind. It was, it was to, it was for his benefit. And okay. So it's same old Lex. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's absolutely nothing that makes me think that, uh, he's, that especially when you have Dan Jurgens writing Action Comics, and here's Lex mm-hmm. Luthor in, in the Man of Steel suit, where Dan Jurgens was one of the writers who gave us the Australian nephew of Lex Luthor way back when, when it was only a clone of our Lex. Right. So, right. and, and they, and, and they, and they, the that, long flown that, and the beard, and they played that off well enough because you're like, hey, here's somebody from Lex's gene pool who actually might give a shit, and he's, He's got a thing for Supergirl, for, for Proxy, and, and, you know, so. Why wouldn't he? Cause, cause I like my goo. So, all of this, and you're like. She wasn't. I know, I know! Barbarian. So you have all of this, and, <laughs> and you're, you're reading it at the time in the 90s, and you're like, okay, this is, I, I'm, I'm cool with this Lex, only to find out. And that was, man, see, that is. That one issue with the brainstem in the jar? That was awesome. Now, what uh, what do you think's going on with the uh, Clark Kent? God knows. I have no freaking idea. It's like they plucked him from somewhere else, and, and because he seems. I mean, to we have to assume, there. just like everyone else, he's from some one of the one of the other Earths, right? Yeah, that's what I'm I thinking. Would, okay. Yeah, but I have a, a theory, and I told it to David, and he, I don't know if he was just being kind, but he's like, morning, but no, I was, I. No, he's like, that's cool. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's a solid guess. Now, we know, based on the past, that supermen don't tend to stay dead. Right? Right. Our Superman came back after Doomsday, albeit with some Kryptonian technology that is not present on this Earth, so that could be a drawback. Oh, no, but if only there was something like a Lazarus pit to bring him back. I don't know if it works on, on the Shields characters. But anyway. Well, it's comics if they wanted to. Work. If they wanted to, they could have a way. 
to have their cake and eat it. Meaning, we could have our Superman, which is the dude running around in these current issues of action in Superman, and we can also have a Superboy back. Because the New 52 Superman was younger than our Superman, yes? So why not bring him back, by whatever means you can, bring him back and make him Superboy. Jonathan's too young to be Superboy. Bring back the New 52 Superman, make him Superboy, and get me a monthly Legion book. And I will be happy. Watch him screw it up and only give you a Superman family book. I don't care. I mean, that's fine, but they, they've made it apparent that they're not discarding the New 52. There are threads that are trailing through these books, these rebirth books. The New 52 is not dead. Why not make good use of a character, make that version of Superman the new Superboy? Boom. He could Boom. be 20-something and still Superboy. Speak yes. on it. No, I think that would be a good idea. Whatever. No, I mean it's as good as any. I, I, I think it's a long overdue for another attempt at Legion. I'm just clamoring for a Legion book. You know, I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Johns is going to write a Legion book. <laughs> well, I tell you, the last Legion story he wrote was awesome. That Legion of Three yeah. Worlds. That was a great story. That's what I'm saying. I think he's going to try and get it back to where it needs to be. If anybody can do it, Johns can. Because I think that would be a natural additional movie or, franchise for them to try and build as well. Oh, shit, yeah. Or Giffen. Either Johns or Giffen. Eh, you like Giffen. Come on. Well, gotta get him away Giffen... Get movie Apocalypse. Dude, Giffen has proven himself with the Legion. The, true, all yeah, that's... Yeah. I'm looking at this art. <laughs> this is Segovia art. I'm sorry. <laughs> the one panel where, where, where Superman says, can't run. The frig is working on his... Look at that face. That is just... Unpretty. Oh yeah, with the teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have no fucking idea. It's like like Superman, yokel Superman. Like, what is that? I'm I just I'm not a fan. But the, and I've right. seen, like you, I've seen really good Steven Segovia art. But that's a pretty cool panel where he's yeah. where, where he's going full blast on on uh, the Heat Vision against Doomsday towards the end of the issue. Wait, let's break this down for a second. When's the last time we saw really good Segovia art? Uh, uh, probably a dynamite book. That, that yeah. doesn't even count. Damn. Yeah. It's. Just, I mean, I. It, I didn't not. I didn't dislike the issue. But I mean, these these characters at the end that completely immobilize Doomsday. I gotta know more about these guys. Where are they from? Are they working with Oz? Because I mean, he's talking to them at one point. Yeah. Ozymandias, whatever. And then, see, the doomsday where he's just screaming at the bottom of the panel, that's a nice drawing. You didn't, uh, you didn't like Segovia's Dark Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> Damn! I'm going through all, I'm going through Comic DB right now, I'm waiting, I'm looking for something. Red, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, all you gotta do is say Dark Wolverine, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm so out. Nah, dude, I'm going way back, son. Uh, but while we're at it, um, before we oh, move. son. I mean, I'm going back into the offs, dog. Yeah. Now, um, just to clear up a little bit of something we talked about before, the Dean Ormston. Dean did a lot of uh, Carrie's Lucifer. He did, oh, he did some Judge Dredd. All right, all right. He's done, yeah. he's done a lot with Vertigo. All right, and, all right. Uh, yeah, he did the same Mystery Theater annual. 
Worked on the Crow, Sandman, the kindly ones. Ton of Lucifer. 14 to 20, 21 to 28, yeah. 29, 35, 36, We're 41, there. 70, 75. So that's where we've seen him before. Um, yeah. he also did that, uh, Life During Wartime. Oh, thing. I want to see some of his And Testament. Great series. So there's your, one issue. Is your Ormstrom resume. There you go. We just like to cover our bases here. Yeah, so that's we got it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, so, that, like, like I mentioned to Vince, um, I'm finding the story kicking off Action Comics, uh, to be a little slow going. I won't mind them wrapping it up so that we can get to whatever's next. Um, there was a very slight Superwoman tie-in to this issue. <laughs> uh, very slight, very, very, very slight two-panel. I was thinking, they mentioned it in, in Superwoman number one on the flashback page. I'm like, damn, I should have read that first. But she really, she literally didn't show all, up in the issue. All, she they, blurred through. all they mentioned in Superwoman referencing Action Comics is that Lex had a hand in rebuilding the city after Doomsday. So we know that the end is nigh. It's just, we're, yeah. you know, hopefully sooner than later. But, uh, however that story I, ends, Lex is looked upon favorably. Yeah, I really hope that these mysterious agents that are working with Ozymandias do not spirit Doomsday away. Mm. I, I I need Superman to beat the crap well, out of Well, he'll disappear for, for a year or two, and then he'll come back. No, no. You at least expect it. Now, see, I think it was smart to usher in Action Comics with Doomsday, because you have this Superman beat the living tar out of Doomsday. The big dog pisses in the corner, and... Now we'll tell new stories just to establish his dominance. He's Superman. He is the big dog. He needs to beat the crap out of Doomsday. He can't die. He's not going to, but he can't succumb. He can't weaken. He's got to take him out. Mm -hmm. There you go. Set the tone. This is your Superman who did what he could not do before and totally annihilated Doomsday without dying. Boom. Let's Boom. Yeah, Blue Beetle would be a Realist tag last time. Superman. Yeah, somebody, somebody needs Blue Beetle to get his his head slammed in the car. <laughs> Which I think we said was was Booster, right? Yes, initially. Oh, you know what? I want to say something. Uh, Speaking of, of Booster and Blue Beetle, I did not watch Justice League Unlimited when it originally Wait, aired. what? I know. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't watch it. But thanks to the... The Netflix. Yep. I'm watching it now. Holy oh, how awesome is it, dude? It is a fantastic oh, awesome. series, dude. I just saw the one with um the uh um what the hell the uh the demons in it, but um more more do um gets all wacky and the Justice League are transformed by Madame Lefay into younger versions of themselves because more do. Um, was it Mordu, or was, who's Morgan Le Fay's kid? Oh, um, Mordred. Not Mordred. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Legion with Mordu. Um, Mordred sets this spell in motion where everybody under a certain age gets spirited away to this dark dimension, and the Justice League get taken there. And Madame Le Fay comes and says, "Okay, we it's my son, but we got to take him out because he's not right. So I'll make you young." And the the interplay between Batman and Wonder Woman is awesome in this thing. 
and you get baby Etrigan. How it's so good. And why I don't know why I didn't watch it when it first came out. My bad. And then there's the question, yeah. and then oh my god, it's you know it's, who's it's the voice a, of the question. I didn't check. The reanimator, Wayun from Deep Space Nine, Jeffrey Combs. Out of yep. here, Jeffrey Combs. No way. I'm writing down Justice League Unlimited because it is awesome, and I am borderline buzzed. Nice. Yep. It happens. Our. Uh, I wonder if Jason and I are going to tag team something, or if he's saving it for in your travels. What's that? Flintstones? Oh, snap. Dicks. Nah, dude. I don't know. I'm, I, dicks, I'm not quite tired enough yet to talk about Flintstones. Oh, uh, see. All right. It's, it's my. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's my. Pizza. It's my. I mean, he's pizza. Uh, well, I was, I was, there are not many books that I will buy on paper. Uh, that um also in air quotes allowed to buy on paper, but it it's uh, a uh um uh, one of them of course if remember the cat if, if, if I do. But see you don't you don't know the I'm not gonna get into it. The uh <laughs> the there are very few exceptions where if, if I could say, you know, listen, this person is is returning not just like, oh yeah, he's writing another comic. This person is returning to comics. And not only is he one of my favorite writers when I was growing up and, and editor at the time originally, um, before I knew what editors did, but he is also writing one of my favorite characters and a return to one of my favorite characters' roots. Ah, oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. So, yeah. uh, so I had, to get one of the books I get every month, or twice a month, thanks DC, is Deathstroke. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is basically the return of Christopher Priest, or just Priest, uh, to, to comics, to DC. We last saw him writing, uh, the, the, the Quantum and Woody miniseries over at Valiant. Um, and, and there have been plenty of interviews with Priest in, in recent weeks and months. And, uh, this was announced, was it announced at like Emerald City? It feels like it was announced earlier in the year when they were coming out with Rebirth and who was doing what. But, uh, Priest was all on board to not only write a villain, but to write a character who isn't black. Yep. And that is, um, <laughs> That, that may seem like, oh, well, that just, you may think that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but for a long time, uh, Priest was one of the first black writers. And, and if, if you have a black character in your book, you should get Priest to write it. And see, that's kind of weird to me though, just cause the dude is black. They want that authenticity. They want to be able, oh, they want somebody who, can, who knows, cause, cause you also don't want to have it come out stereotypical or maybe even racist. So at least they're covering their bases by saying, hey, the black dude's writing it, so if they sound like this... Right, but aside from the main character in the books that he wrote, there were more than just people of color in the books. 
there were white characters in those well, books. Power Man and Iron Fist. I mean, it's, yes, it's, and he wrote those characters as well as the black characters. So it just it, the Falcon and yeah, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. You're not alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in any case, Christopher Priest, uh, great writer. Yes, and I, I I have no reservations in in using the word great in association with Christopher Priest. He he was. When I, I believe when I first started getting hot and heavy and into reading and, and buying comics every month, James Owsley was the editor for the Spider-Man books and, mm-hmm. and he was Marvel's first black editor and, and segued into writing books and, and, um, so I, I've been a fan of, of the man's work for, for a long time. He's written characters. That, that I really enjoy. It wasn't like, I, and he's one of those guys where I will, he's a creator who I will follow to a book, even if I'm not all that familiar with the character, whereas most, that's usually the reverse for me. If, if, if you, I'm, I'm, especially on big two, I'm more with the character, and, and if I like your writing, then, then cool. But, uh, this is written by a priest. Carla Bagulian is your penciler. Jason Paz on inks, Jeremy Cox on colors, and this is not the Slade Wilson that I last read by the, the, the Tony Daniel when when he was younger and had both his eyes, and I don't know what the hell that mess was, and I bailed on in two issues. In this is the Slade <laughs> Wilson. No judgment, though. No, 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 no. no it was pretty though. So um, the. Uh, but this is, this is the Slade Wilson. This is, this is the piece of shit character who got a 15 ish year old. 14? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be a little nicer, but you know, this is, this is that guy who, who got an underage girl to, um, betray, to, to, to spy on and, and, and mull her way into another group. Just so that he could get paid, because it's all about, he's a mercenary, and, and, and uh, he's... And don't forget the underage sex, which was <laughs> heavily implied. Heavily implied. As yeah. implied as we could get with the Comics Code Authority in a 1980s book written by Marv Wolfman and beautifully drawn by George Perez, Romeo Tangel. So you have, but this character, De- Deathstroke, Slade Wilson is not... He's, you can read The Punisher and be like, oh, he's only going after like rapists and drug dealers. And I, I, I'm kind of with that because he's only going after people who hurt other people. There's no, Slade Wilson really has no redeeming qualities. You should not like this character. And no, but you still respect him. Well, because he is, he's a professional. He gets the job. He's damn good. He is damn good. However, when you read this rebirth issue, um, I don't know if you can. Well, he, are you, yeah, you kind of go where the money is, but just it, you, you can't really say, you know, my word is my bond. If if someone can give you more money to kind of go again, so he's, but he, he is also he is loyal. Slade mm-hmm. Wilson is loyal. He's he um, he had he had two sons and and I, I a daughter. Um, but one of his oldest friends, his name is Wintergreen. Uh, Wintergreen was kind of his, what you call his moral compass. He was the guy who kept him, kept him grounded, who, who was, who, who was. His microchip. 
I think more Alfred the microchip, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the one who like just kind of... Hey, nice. Penny chip. So you have the, uh, the, the, if, if you're familiar with Deathstroke at all, and you're familiar with Wintergreen, you know their relationship, this was a fantastic issue to kind of jump in on. And yeah. it also had some little, uh, priest techniques with, with, with scene changes and, uh, like, like a black panel with just white lettering letting you know, where we are or what the title of this scene is, if, if it was a DVD chapter, shit like that, which he was doing back on Quantum and Woody and, and, and he utilized in, in other places. But, uh, I, I, I dug the art. I really didn't have a problem with the art, but it was, it, it was the setting of the stage and, and, uh, and how it, how we get to that last page and where we go from there. That is, that's why I wanted to read this issue. I, 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 we're seeing Slade Wilson. We're seeing Deathstroke in action. Uh, we're getting some flashbacks because it's not enough to let you know that this person kills people for money, whether they're good or bad, but we have to show you that he is a really shitty father. Yeah. And I, I don't know how big a Deathstroke fan Jason is. I know he's a Priest fan, but I'm curious to know what you guys thought about the issue. Well, you summed it up perfectly in the sense that I am not a... Well, I should, it's not that I'm not a Deathstroke fan. I, I, every time I've ever read the character, I've found him engaging. I, I, I dug him as a villain in the classic Titans. I dug when we uh, were vibing on that uh, the Life of Jean for a little bit, the the T bear Jean, you know, I mean, I, like I've, I, I thought he was cool in identity crisis. So pretty much every time I've read him, I dig him. Um, but I haven't, I don't have a natural affinity for the character and that I've read a ton of his stuff. Um, so I mean, I, but I, I went into this thinking it's a character I dig. Um, didn't read any of what you were just referencing. So I don't even know, like, as far as I know that, that, that version of Deathstroke didn't exist. Thank you. Uh, and I liked it. I mean, look, I, much like you, I'm a huge priest fan. I, I'm probably biased in that regard in the sense that to have him back on anything would have probably been good enough for me. Um, I thought the issue was well paced. I thought it looked good. I have to say, I thought Pavilion looked pretty good here. Um, he's a little hit and miss for me at times, and this was definitely a hit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on board. I, I, it was a great first issue. It, it, it made me, you know, want to go along for the ride, and um, uh, it definitely felt priesty in the sense that, you know, there was there was an undercurrent, a little bit of political undercurrent, right, and and uh, smart dialogue, um, but I think whereas maybe like t- like if I'm talk like if I think about the Black Panther with Tanasi Coates, huge Coates fan, loved love his books was really looking forward to him take, taking a shot at Black Panther, and I still am enjoying it, but I would say that I think he's still struggling with balancing his very, very learned approach to literature with making it commercially entertaining. Like, I think the Black Panther book is a little bit, like, dry, especially for for a lot of, of readers. 
whereas I think Priest is equally political and equally well-minded and, and equally thoughtful and cares about a lot of the same issues, but it doesn't come, or at least in this issue, it didn't come at the expense of it being an entertaining action book, right? So he struck the right balance for me, I think. I'd agree with that. Yeah, so kudos, kudos. But look, I mean, this could have been... Uh, Punch and Julie. Yeah, I mean, right, this could have been uh, Betty Boop, and I would have been up in there. Right if Priest is right in it. I like the issue overall. Ooh. No, I did. I I, th- I thought the the Kirby esque scene transitions with the the white text on the black type was kind of neat, or the back black background was kind of neat. Um, for the most part, I really liked uh, Pagulian's art. I mean, he's a formidable uh, illustrator, but I have to say, I absolutely loathe page five. Page five is disgusting. That to think that Deathstroke would be completely immobile during all that dialogue, how they ju- how Pagulian just keeps repeating the same drawing for it that that drives me nuts. Hmm. To just have him like, why is he not? For a long time too. But why is right? Why is he not looking in the direction of the speaker? Why is he not? You know, or polishing his sword or like doing something. He's just looking at his phone. The same position. Rock solid for four panels. That drives me absolutely crazy. It absolutely drives me crazy, dude. It does. To, because I know how easy it is. Control C, control V, control V, control V, control V. That's how like, I make my champions laugh. It but is. then I again, the same square frame that I use, and I copy paste it twelve times. I, I know, but the, the and then the panel, the splash with the the title page—that's a magnificent drawing. So I I can't fault the guy for taking a shortcut on one page, and and bringing it home on another. He is a great illustrator. I mean, every the 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 interior uh, with all the the gears and the bed of. Um, what the hell is his name? The the dude with the clocks, the on his on his on his uniform. What the hell is his name? Clock King. The guy, King. the guy with the oxygen. Clock King. Yeah, Clock King. That that panel's fantastic. So, you know, it's a trade off. And the fact that he's pulling his mask up so he can pull the pin on the grenade with his teeth. I. Yeah, that's it's a nice little yeah. touch, right? Yeah. But, um. No, I, I, uh, Priest's dialogue, that's the one thing that I expect with Priest is the dialogue rings true. All the time, he nails it. Um, this seems like I was nothing more than a viewer in something that was really transpiring before my eyes. That's the, one of the biggest compliments I can give a writer, that he convinced me enough that these fictitious characters are, are real. And they're engaging in events that are real, and I'm I'm an observer, and I, I just have a vantage point where I'm not going to get hurt, but I can experience all this, and it just it seems there's a veracity to to priests' writing that I, it's not unique to him, but it's something in which he he it's a trademark of Christopher Priest to me, and it works. I, I like this issue a lot. I don't have a love for Deathstroke like like David does. I I respect the guy in a lot of ways. I, you know, there's a part of me that 
would like to be Deathstroke, to just throw caution to the wind and not have a whole lot of morals and go just do what has to be done and get paid for it. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantasy, mm-hmm. right? So it, it, it works that I can just release for 20 whatever pages and just pretend that, that I'm in the shoes of this badass mercenary who will do anything for a buck. I liked it. I thought it was a winner. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he doesn't have the S on his chest, but. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. No, it's, 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 um, I, I have to, I admire DC a lot. I mean, they seem to have, this is a lot stronger of a relaunch than the new 52 was. Even though we enjoyed those books, these books seem to, to be in a place that's a better place than, than new 52. Do, do you guys agree? Absolutely. And all yeah. credit to Jones, right? Well, how much influence does he have? He, he's the one that, re, that spearheaded this and said it had to happen. He's got total creative control. Interesting. My opinion of Mr. Johns may be changing. It should, because he's... Yeah. I, I never said why you had an issue with him, because he's he's he is a fan of the nostalgia and the classic era that you so longed for for all these years. Yes, but... To play devil's advocate, he did write some pretty bad stories. I think he's written an innumerable the, number of good stories. That yes, you're you're right, you're right. But the bad, um, it did not weigh the good. But I think the bad were glaringly apparent because of the the highs he did hit on the real good ones. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I do think he stayed on Green Lantern a little too long. Oh, I won't argue that. Yeah, I think he should have bowed out uh, a lot long time before he did. You know, just like Boys and Men, it's hard to say goodbye to yesterday. I know that song. <laughs> I love it when that happens. I know that That's song. Your intro song. That, that shit. All right, what else we got? We gonna bring it home with the in your travels? Yes, bring it home. Cool. Like, you you knowing like a Boys to Men song is a great place to. It end. is. It is. And by the way, congrats to Simona Biles. Yes, I love her. For winning the gold medal handily, and also for uh, Allie Raceman, her teammate, and uh, other American for getting the silver in the women's all-around gymnastics. There you go. Dude, could you even be a, just an ounce patriotic for a second? It has nothing to do with being patriotic. Yes, it does. It it has everything to do with sports. But this isn't like a... It's like a different... It's, an, it's, a, it's a spectacle. It's not really... Like you're just watching people who are unbelievably amazing at a, at a passion that they have. On That's cool. Once every four years, right? More power to them. I did like the spider in the opening ceremony. That spider was cool. But, okay. And you know what else is cool? That's cool. Our sponsor. Yeah, that's Dis- true. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Right. Can get you your books and get them cheaply to your door. You don't even have to expend a lot of effort. Boom, 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 boom on your Sound internet effects. browsing device. I know, right? And they'll deliver them right to your door. The specials for this month, the Young Animal Bundle, you can get. Cave Carson has a Cybernetic Eye number one, Shade the Changing Girl number one, and Doom Patrol number two for a paltry $5.97. Almost the price of a single issue. That's nuts. Uh, the Conan Omnibus out of Dark Horse, volume one, Birth of a Legend. Kurt Busick, Carrie Nord. 
$12.49, 50% off, and Image with Reborn Number 1, Papi Capullo and Mark Miller, $1.99. In your travels, I said in the past that I was going to cover every book that I read in my notes, and I'm going to. I want you to read New Superman Number 2 by Gene Luen Yang and Victor Bogdanovic. Inks by Richard Friend. Hi-Fi does the color. I found issue two as engaging as issue number one. David, did you read it? I did not yet. Okay. Uh, Kanan is still dealing with his powers, which mysteriously disappear over the course of this issue. And um, things happen. He has some interaction with the Justice League of China, which I think is hysterical how all their names are hyphenated. Yes. Batman, Wonder Woman, it's nuts. Um, but there's a surprise twist at the end that shows you what Kanan will do to get attention. And it's pretty cool. But the book I really want to talk about, um, written by Mark Russell, illustrated by the amazing Steve Pugh, color art by Chris Chuckery, and it's Flintstones number two. I think David read this? No. You I didn't? didn't get, I didn't get a chance to. Okay. You didn't have 37 minutes. <laughs> Dude, I'm only about to, I enjoyed the first issue. I am totally just messing with you because I know how much you love it and the honeymoon. I'm totally just messing. Don't get all over clamped. I'm not. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't even, I wasn't, wasn't even, even that, close to that turnt. But the, the fact that you just kept going on and on about trying to trying to placate me was cute. Yeah. Uh, no, Flintstones number two, David. We finally find out what Morp is. Really? Yes, and there's a really neat juxtaposition of consumerism with religion. The Bedrock Mall opens. And everybody in Bedrock thinks they have to buy as much as they possibly can to be happy. And it's, there's a counterpoint where the, um, they worship Morp, but Morp is found to be nothing more than something. And the people turn from Morp. So the, the, uh, priests in the church scramble to find another deity and they do. And then that deity is discovered to be nothing more than something commonplace. And then they find another deity. But it, all in all, it's a neat juxtaposition between consumerism and the need to buy things to be happy and religion in the need to find something beyond ourselves in which to validate our existences in the pages of a Flintstones comic book. It's a great great issue it was i enjoyed the first issue but issue two was far better than the first and visually it is stunning um i'm gonna spoil one part of it for you i know you're gonna read it we finally um meet pebbles and bam bam Ooh, are they hitting it they were existing they were alive in issue one but they just didn't oh wait cover it um no they're tweens. Oh, but okay, they're, they're tweens. My hitting it and, and doesn't go over too well. They're tweens. No, it doesn't. And and um, Fred Fred um, starts selling vitamins door to door to make some some extra rocks, 
and thinks he's going to have it all over Barney, and it doesn't pan out that way. But there is so much content to this issue that um, I, I just I I admire the fact that DC is going above and beyond with these Hanna Barbera books. It's it's just more than the Flintstones. I mean, there's commentary in this. There's social commentary on religion, consumerism, just intertwined with these characters we've known since we've been kids. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing to me. So yes, go out and read uh, Flintstones. Buy the first issue if you haven't already, but make sure you read issue two. Mm-hmm. It's great, great, great stuff. Uh, and Wilma smoking. So's Betty. Yeah. Oh yeah. In your travels, uh, might as well keep it on topic for this episode since Vince already talked about some DC. Here's a Dark Horse book. It is a, uh, a sequel to what? one of my favorite miniseries from last year. I know what you're talking you about. I do know what I'm talking about. This is Lady Killer 2 number one story and art. By Joel Jones, colors by Michelle Madsen, letters by Crank, and uh, stunned that Crank would be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are uh, the I really love the Joel cover, but uh, there's also a variant cover that I noticed from uh, Mister Matteo Scalera. Yeah, I saw and that. It looks stunning. And I was toying with an idea of um, maybe having an upcoming jam piece just be different artists take their uh, stab at, at Lady Killer. Wow. Um, That's bold. I just, I really, really like this character. But so. Yeah, I guess so. Um, if. It, it, the first issue starts off well enough where if, even if you did not read Chain, the, uh, the first series, you can, uh, pick up this one without missing a beat. It, it, it starts out very similar. Um, she's throwing a Tupperware party and, uh, the person who's hosting or the, the women who are hosting the party at their house are actually, um, the, her, her target. Because if you don't know, she's basically a, uh, more or less a hit woman. And she, um, she, she's kind of making a little bit of a mess of things early on in the issue. But, uh, after she cleans up a bit, she goes home, husband, the twins, her mother-in-law, everybody is still there in, in, in their new home. Uh, her husband has a new job and, uh, his boss and his wife show up at the house because they're having a little cookout. Um, very much reminded me of the scene from Raising Arizona where, uh, the, the boss shows up at the, uh, at, at their trailer park. But the, the art is just absolutely stunning. It, it's, um, they're really, it, it's just, I, I love, this woman's art and, uh, the, the story is, even if, even if the story was weak, I'd probably, I'd, I'd be weak and still have to buy it because it, it's just, it's, there's, there's just something about 
her lines on these pages that I just I can't look away from, and the uh, that's good stuff. There, there, there's there's probably a page or two that Vince won't be a fan of, especially when it comes to uh, a car salesman's uh, sports jacket and and the pattern on it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a uh, but yeah, it's plugged she, in. She huh? It's plugged in. <laughs> no, it, it's it's not. Uh, it's not as weird as it, it's the opposite of what Betty did last week on Killer Be Killed no. with, with forking homeboy's shirt. This is more like the, the Howard Shaken stuff where it's just like the same pattern with, with no matter the cuts from yeah. jacket to pants. But, um, but she's kind of, uh, our, our heroine is, is kind of, uh, on her own here. She's, she's not, uh, she's not taking jobs or doesn't seem like she's taking jobs from uh from an organization but she's taking these people out for some reason some somehow so uh i need to find out where we're going with it but yeah and then at the the last page is a bit of a cliffhanger and i'm curious to see where um where it goes from here because she's kind of caught well literally red-handed so we will see how, how uh now this continues, but it's it's another five issue miniseries. If you didn't read the first one, you should. But by all means, you can uh, pick this one up without, with, really, without missing a beat. Cool. In your travels, give Vince props because when he's right, he's right. I uh, finally finished via the collected edition, so I basically reread part and then finished. Something that Vince has praised throughout its existence, and he was very, very right. Gold digger. The ch- <laughs> I was gonna say gold digger, dude. <laughs> yeah, gold digger. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. In, in what universe would something come out of Jason's mouth that would never, ever happen? <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. Maybe bizarro, but I lost my taste, but. Uh, yeah, right. Dick! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you dick. You you know what? You're lucky I love you so much. Oh, goodness. Go from, ahead. <laughs> from Archie Comics. Oh, nice. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Book yes. Oh, nice. uh, I feel like I don't have to go too in-depth here because Vince has talked about it lovingly as it's come out, but written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa with impeccable art by Robert Hack. Yeah. The art is just incredible. It's, uh, it's, uh, ooh, it's, it's just, it's phenomenal. The art is, I could look at the art all day long. It's, it's truly phenomenal work. Now, if you were a fan of horror films, there are panels in which he cribs from other works. Mm-hmm. You may not be aware of them, but he does so in a way that is a nod to the people that do know, yeah. but like I, like I said, you, you, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make or break the work for you. Sure. I guess that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably true. But, uh, but you know, as you said, Vince, it's just, it's sick. It's, it's, it's erotic at points and lustful yeah. and it's dirty and evil and raw. It's just, it's everything a horror book should be. And it's just so much more, titillating that it's based in the Archie universe, right? And yeah. um I mean this is not your 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 mama's Sabrina. 
to say the least. And uh, love the cliffhanger. Love the way that the first arc ends. Good old Harvey. So, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's well worth the hype. It took a long, long time for this to complete. But, uh, True. but if you buy it, and the collected edition is a great way to, because number one, you, you get it all up front, but number two, um, it's a, it's a great package. You get all the variant cover art in the back, which I love. So many of those covers are just breathtaking homages to Vince's favorite horror, horror comic and pulp novels of the old, uh, of the old days, the recode yep. kind of vibe to them. Um, it's got, uh, background on Madam Satan, who's the antagonist of the, of the first arc, who actually is a character from Pep Comics, and it reprints her first appearance from Pep Comics. Yep. So, uh, just 100% goodness across the board. Sabrina was always my favorite. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Betty. Betty's gorgeous, and, and she was the, she would be the one out of the two that I would choose, like David. Uh, Veronica's sexy, but there was, Always something about Sabrina that she was my number one choice. Always. Cool. Yeah. Platinum Blonde that could do magic? Oh my god. Oh lord. Little Freckles too? Oh lord. You guys probably, I didn't mention this before when I was talking about the, the Flintstones, but you guys probably will be overjoyed at the fact that Wacky Races is now a miniseries. Wacky Raceline? Yeah, wacky raceline. Yeah, it's not an ongoing. It's now a six issue miniseries. So, so sales have probably not wiki, been all wiki, that good. Wiki, wiki. Yeah. Sorry, My loss. Is, happy. It makes me sad that your book you're enjoying is ending prematurely. Well, I'm just. Well, you guys didn't didn't click. Cares, though. When my when my boo is enjoying something, I don't want to see it end. Yeah. Nobody was forcing me to buy it. It's true. All right. Um, I did not. Get a chance to talk about Harley Quinn this week. No, we so next oh, next week, next week I will do that because Jason, I I will validate your your previous uh, statements in saying that you are completely right. My man, about, hard and getting it done. Yeah, it's really. I read about twenty two issues out of the thirty. <sighs> yeah, really great stuff. But we'll talk about that. That's we'll cute because that. as soon as you said, yeah, I want to talk about the more Superman. I thought you started it, so you had a head start, so I plowed through it that weekend. Good. I'm glad you did, because I'll have that finished for next uh, week. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, I got lots of time. I can read that. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. But it, there was something about the Harley Quinn when I started. I couldn't stop. Because it's awesome? You no, know, it's like candy. It is. It's sexy. Yeah. It's fun. It's funny. And that's not exactly the character that's in Suicide Squad. Right, right. Yeah. There are elements of that character in Suicide Squad, but... But let's be honest, for the, I mean, Margot Robbie could could play a two-by-four and it'd be interesting. True. Kudos to, to whoever cast her as Harley. I don't want to be sexist, but I have to say this. Her ass is incredible. It is. She's gorgeous, dude. And I mean, I, I, and I know, I mean, but she's so I, hot I, that Will stepped out on Jada for her. No way! Did he really? He's been hitting that for a while. Now. Are you kidding uh, me? Dude. Oh man, I love him even more. So they're not married anymore? No, they have an open relationship. What? Hey, you know that? <laughs> get it unlearned, dude. That's uh... nuts. But no, I mean, in in her. 
um, civilian guys, she is absolutely stunning. I think when 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 she goes into Harley Quinn mode, she loses some of that beauty, obviously, because yeah. she's a yeah. But and she's a beautiful woman. Well, if you haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street, I recommend it. I did. I have. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, to be old and a pig. I'm sorry. Hey everybody, thank you for being here with us. We hope you um will do us a solid if you enjoyed any part of this, please. Damn that. I guess <laughs> yeah, really. keep the old man up. Leave us an iTunes. Yeah, we are. Leave us an iTunes review or or something similar at wherever you heard this. And as always, we'll be waiting for you next week with the very same stuff we served up this week. As usual, say goodnight, David. Good night, David. Man, that was so real close. Good, man. So good. I know, right? I, I think he's he times it. I think so too. Yeah, I do. he does. He does something with his fingers. <laughs> no, I, I do a cadence in my head. And I don't like it to go on too long because, like, people are listening, right? That was They're not almost gonna... too long. Really? Like, one more second. It was, it was almost, yeah. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be fun. No, I know. You, would... you struck the perfect balance. Oh, look at me. Yeah. You'll learn how to take a compliment. Right? That's one thing I cannot do. I know. Sorry. It's all good. All right. Bye. Bid the people adieu. Adieu. Yeah. Don't forget to keep catching those Pokemon. Got my hundredth species today. Damn, son. Yep. My daughter kick my daughter kick your ass. I don't think so, dude. hundred species? <laughs> I think level so. Level twenty one? Oh really? Yes, sir. Yeah, she's not level twenty one. Well, uh, caught a Venus. So wait, 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 wait. Back, last week, yes, back the hell up. Back the hell up. Mm-hmm. It took you two weeks. To watch Stranger Things, but you're level 21 in Pokemon? Yeah, because I work in Manhattan, dude. It's like, no. poke, it's Poke Central. What, you can't get video on your phone? Nah, dog. On my way to work, walking back and forth, I catch, like, all the Pokemon. That ain't right. It's awesome. Okay. No, it's not. But I'm, we're going to meet up in the city because I've been telling my kids I'm going to take them to Manhattan because it's, like, lousy. With I'm bringing my kids tomorrow. Well, I can't make it tomorrow. What ifs? Yeah. You're dead to me. <laughs> Say goodnight. Uh, You're a kid. Bye, y'all. Later. <laughs>